Hey everybody and welcome to episode 2, but really 4, of Critical the History of Pro Wrestling Games. I am your host Mongo, joined as always by my co-host Liger Busa. How are you doing this week, bud? I'm doing excellent. How are you? I'm here. Any plans for Halloween tomorrow, since we taped this on a Sunday? Uh, <laughs> just give away everything. Um, I Terrifier 2 hits Screenbox tomorrow. I've heard a lot of things about it. Apparently people are puking. Oh. So I'm going to probably probably make it a point to watch that i it's a two hour and 20 minute horror movie i think i think that's the runtime so that's a little that's long that's a little uh yeah that's a lot yeah, of especially for like a yeah that's more than darren drawsdorf has inside of him i think shout outs to draws speaking of puke i was supposed to go see the exorcist tomorrow uh you're not gonna no i'm not because I... listen I'm not scared of The Exorcist. It's like, when I was a kid, and, you, and people would be like, this is the scariest movie of all time, and I'd be like, oh no. But watching it in 2022, it's more funny than it is scary. But like... I can see that. I really hate, like, gross makeup. Like, I can't I can't watch, like, Night of the Demons, because the makeup's, like, really gross to me. Um, plus, like, the wheezing and stuff goes, like, right up my spine, so I'm like, I don't want to put myself through that. So I'm not going. I can see that. You know what is really scary though? Our topic for today, because there's some real, Uh-oh. there's some real humdingers in this one. We're going to be covering about 15 years worth of games because we're talking about the history of the WWF uh, in video game form. Um, I, I guess this is going to be multiple parts because it, we're we're only covering the games that have WWF um, on the cover, and there's some really horrifying games in this list. Indeed and then at is. some point we'll wrap around and. Yeah, really. Uh, the first, the first two that we're leading off with, in particular, we'll loop back around to the games with the WWE name at some point. And I was actually going to ask off air if you wanted to split the WWE part into two distinct uh, chunks because THQ and 2K are fundamentally different. They're the same lineage, but fuck me, they're different series. Yeah, like, I the think philosophy is completely different. That one makes sense. Yeah, to split it up into two. We're going to talk about the Revolutionary Force. Sorry in, in to sports entertainment. over you there. No, it's okay. I was just going to say, before we do get started on these games, um, we always check in on you know upcoming games. The only one that was really any news, it was actually a video from today, was uh, Bastante Bueno Lucha Libre. Had a new video out today showing up the newest prototype. The stage it looks setup. great. It does. It looks fantastic. Yeah, I've been a big fan of that project ever since it, like, kind of just got flung onto my timeline just probably about a year, a little yeah. over a year ago. Yep. Actually, it's cl- didn't, that, didn't that pop up in like early 2021? So it's like close to two years now. Yeah, like. maybe, yeah. But yeah, but that, um, that, game, that game looks great. It does look great, yeah. So definitely check out that video. The other thing we've got to, we've got an announcement for next week, actually. So there won't be, we won't be covering WWE next week. Because we have a special guest on next week's episode, which is Dave Wisnowski from Pro Wrestling X. Yeah, I, I found the whole saga of of how, how he he uh, volunteered to be on the podcast, and I'm obviously very thankful. I I, I found the whole thing very interesting because it was like I was at work, so I saw the tweets between you and the PWX account, and I was like, oh god, Dave's listening to the show. He's he's gonna he's gonna fucking threatened me with a lawsuit for mentioning the pwx programmer thing and then you were like oh dave 
Dave wants to be on the show if that's cool with you. And I was like, fuck yeah. Yeah. I've wanted um, to talk to Dave Wisnowski for 20 years. Fuck yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it started with me making a joke about because they posted an update saying this isn't your baby brother's wrestling game. And I was like, well, if my baby brother was born when PWX was announced, he would be 20 years old now. I didn't think anything of it. I didn't expect a response to that because it's the sort of joke Dave has made in the newsletter itself. So I was like, whatever. And then Dave was just like, and? And I was like, and, you know, advertising blood in your wrestling game isn't a big deal. It's not extreme. It's not 98 to 2002 anymore. And then he was like, and? And I was like, okay, Dave. And then he just, he was just like, you know, I understand, you know, obviously the criticisms of PWX. Um, and if I'm, I have to admit, like, I'm bitter towards that project because, you know, this is something I supported when I was 15 years old, as we've talked about. And I think at one point I even sent an email like, hey, I'd love to work for you guys because you're in Canada and I'm in Canada and I want to make wrestling games too, which was a long time ago. Um, so yeah, there's there's bitterness on my part there. Um, but I'm very, you know, very happy that he's willing to come in and answer all questions, as he said. And uh should be an interesting show. Hopefully not too long, because I don't want to be up till 3 o'clock editing everything. <laughs> so, um, but there's a lot to discuss, so if I have to, I will. Yeah, I was, I was actually about to say, you picked the worst podcast host, your co-host in the history of the world. Yeah, can you just shut up for a little bit? You don't have to edit down. <laughs> I, no. I can, yes. No, no, it's okay. Um, whatever, it's fun. I enjoy this, you know, so let's get into it. The first game I have on the list here would be 1987's Micro League Wrestling. Yeah, so it's it's interesting. Read off the list of platforms that launches on, because there's a point that I want to make. Oh, you've put me in a tough spot now. Now I'm going to have to open something oh, no. else up. <laughs> it's okay. Okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll make the point. Um, this is not a console game. It is a computer game from 1987. And I just... It's always been so fascinating to me that Nintendo dropped Pro Wrestling in 87. And it was one of the highest selling games of 87. Yeah. And the WWF, the largest wrestling promotion in the U.S., there's no real way to dispute that, um, especially in 87. Uh, they did not make it to the Nintendo Entertainment System until, you know, I think it's the second game we're going to talk about, which is WrestleMania. And I actually had never heard of Micro League Wrestling. I thought Mania for the NES was the first WWF game. And in like 1999, I got a bunch of magazines at a garage sale. And there it was. Just like the fucking cool ass box art with Hulk. With like and it wasn't like, arms. I think. Yeah, like yeah. that's such a fucking cool box art. And then I didn't know anything about how the game played because the ad only had a couple of screenshots. The internet was even in like the early 2000s, like super sparse with details about the game. And then in like, I want to say 06 or 07, I found like a way to emulate the, um, might've been the Commodore 64 version, but I played it and my computer started like actually making the sounds, mm -hmm. not my speakers, the computer itself. And I thought my computer was going to blow up. <laughs> it's, I've never played, like, Micro League Baseball or whatever, because, like, it's part of a, a series of sports simulations. But it's basically, like, weird half-ass FMV clips of matches. And the version I played was, like, I think it was Hogan and Savage and Hogan and... Um, what the fuck was the other match on that, that disc? 
let's see here. So it was released on the Commodore 64 and Atari ST. And then in 89, it was released for the Amiga and DOS. Hulk Hogan versus Randy Savage. The other side was Hulk Hogan versus Paul Ondorf. Okay, I, I know I played Hogan and Savage, so I, I don't I don't remember Orndorff. I, I just remember Hulk and Savage. And I know that there was supposed to be, like, a second version released that had, like, is like Jake Roberts and Rude and Hogan and DiBiase. Yeah, um, in 1988, two expansion discs were released known as the WWF Superstar Series. First one featured Randy Savage against Honky Tonk Man, Hacksaw Jim Duggan against Harley Race. Second disc was Hogan against DiBiase, Jake Roberts versus Rick Rude. Right. I've I've heard the like one with Jake and Rude and Hogan and Ted. The reason I mentioned that one specifically, I've always heard that one didn't actually get released, which is weird because Hogan and Ted's on like the Amiga version. Because I remember seeing screenshots of that. Uh, it says here the Amiga and DOS versions released in 1989 feature Hogan versus Savage from a later match, and Hogan versus DBRC. There were no expansions released for this version, as the WWF ceased production of the game to focus on console games. But it does say that the the expansion discs were released originally in uh, 1998. 1988, excuse me, Christ. Imagine them releasing in 1988. That would have been awesome. There, there would there'd probably be some legal legal loopholes to jump through, but it's it's not even much of a video game. Uh, you just you pick a move, and then it like either happens or it doesn't. I've I've never figured out how the gameplay works, but I played it for a couple hours that day. It was the day I played it. It was, yeah, not a lot you really can say. There's, there's no like depth or complexity or like, really anything beyond the fucking surface level. No, I, I did try to get it to run myself like years ago, and I couldn't. It wouldn't work probably for me. And then I just had no desire to ever revisit. I, I kind of knew what it was. So, yeah, if you find a YouTube video of it, it's basically the same thing as playing the game. Yeah. So you were right in that the next game on the list is WrestleMania on the NES, and that was developed by Rare. This was not a good game. Like, there's not much... It's way more interesting to talk about the music. Yeah, the music's great. Um, But as far as gameplay goes, I mean, it's pretty much kick and punch. But, like, I have a lot of nostalgia for this game because it's some of, like, my earliest gaming memories. I remember seeing it in, like, magazines from that time with, like... There was kids holding controllers, and in the background would be like Hogan and Andre the Giant. And as you said, when you when you turn on the game, the first thing you hear is like a cover of like the second Coliseum video theme song, and then they've got yep. all the 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 rest of theme songs. And and Ted DiBiase has Girls and Cars. Some guy on Twitter said it's not, but no, he's wrong. It definitely is. Or, or Facebook, or YouTube. Sorry, it's definitely <laughs> Girls and Cars. It's one of them. Yes, it was no like and, so we were talking about it last week, and then I log into to YouTube, and I don't get notifications like I have them turned off, but I checked them randomly, and this guy was like, "If you played the game, you would know it's not them." And I was like, "What do you mean? I'm not seeing that Strike Force that's in the game. I'm seeing Ted DiBiase has girls and cars, which he absolutely did. Yeah, it does. Andre the Giants got fucking stand back. He does. That's great." Got, isn't like, it because he's um? Isn't Stand Back on Pile Driver like an Andre music video? It is, yeah. But there like, you go. it's really was, Vince singing about himself. I was always wondering himself. if that was the. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because like, much. you know, I'm. I'm a man running wild, headed for the top. Stand back. 
Yeah, I, I actually... Along the way, you're going to see a lot of men drop? Yeah, that's exactly what he says, and it's a great song. Vince got a hit it is. that one. Um, but yeah, like yeah. A, the game itself, not much to it. No, but there is a body slam move in that game that I've done accidentally like two times in my entire life. <laughs> I used to play that game a lot when I was a kid because like yeah. we would have to rent WrestleMania Challenge from like the TV store a town over. And then eventually they rented it. So we rented it so much. They just gave the fucking game to us. Oh, like, here you nice. go. Nobody else. Rent- and then they threw away the booklet in the fucking box when we got home. I don't think would you we owned it when when I was really young. I don't think we got it to like. I think somebody across the street was like moving and selling it. And I was like, okay, I'll buy that. But like I, this was my WWF game on the original Nintendo, which is what we call it. Yeah. And here, the version of girls and cars in this game depresses the shit out of me. I don't find it depressing. What's so depressing about it? It's like really slow and like kind of sad sounding, but I want to note something. Uh, they're the trio of rare WWF games, this challenge and uh, superstars all have music done by David Wise, who's the guy who famously composed the first two Donkey Kong Country games. And that's like the craziest trivia note about any of these fucking games we're going to talk about. Because like that guy's like a genius. Yeah. There's not a single soundtrack he made that doesn't kick all sorts of ass. You know what they should have done? And uh, they should have kept if, rare if, around. If this song makes you like sad and depressed, they should have used it for like. A video for Strike Force's breakup. You know? <laughs> yeah. That would have been cool. I love Strike Force, sorry, but they're a great tag team. Yeah. There yeah, two a, great wrestlers. There's a um I shouldn't even bring this up, but there was a YouTube series I used to watch called The Ring Rat Hunters. And it was oh, very Lord. crude and lewd and very uh crudely animated. And it was about um Brian Pillman and Tom Zink, but like Rick Martel would show up on it as well. So yeah, um, Google um, Ring Rat Hunters, or maybe don't, because it's probably best. Yeah, not I was to gonna watch say it. don't. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> fun times. Um, so I think from uh, from here we go to Superstars the Arcade Game, right? That's right. Yes, that's next on the list. I have a story about this. I'll try to keep it succinct. So when I was a real little kid. So the only arcade we had near us was like one week a year when the county fair would come through, there'd be an arcade tent. And when I was super little, they would have to give me like a stool to stand on so I could, you know, have my cousins put two quarters in and I would pretend like I was playing a game. Yeah. Because I'm like two years old. I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. For the longest time, I had a memory of an arcade game that had Honky Tonk Man, Ultimate Warrior and Big Boss Man. And whenever I would bring it up to my older cousins, they'd be like, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Because they would bring up WrestleFest, which... I had no memory of because they never had it at the arcade when I was little. And in like 2001, 2002, I discovered emulation and I found fucking superstars. And um, one of my older cousins helped me get uh, rain, that shitty emulator working. And then he figured out how to get MAME working because MAME, and this more pertains to WrestleFest and superstars, MAME would like, or rain rather would obscure some of the logos in Saturday Night's Main Event Mode and WrestleFest. So he was like, you don't want to use that emulator, you want to use this one. And I I did the old 99 credits, and I beat Superstars in one sitting. It was the greatest day of my life uh, to that point. See, it's such a fun game. It's I've played it, um, I haven't played it that much, because I honestly don't have a lot of memories of Superstars either. Like I, I obviously remember WrestleFest, but 
I don't remember arcades around here having super, uh, superstars. I believe the local barcade does have it now, where they did a few years ago. And I went in and played it, but honestly, it just made me want to play WrestleFest more. So, I I can see that WrestleFest is the better game, but I like I like that Superstars is a good game that's representative of like 1988, 89 WWF. Yes, yeah. Because like if it. If that game doesn't exist, your only good representation for that era is WrestleMania Challenge, which is a game that I love. But I, you have that game where you have Superstars as your your peak for the era. I think it takes Superstars. Is this the one? Was it Superstars that had um, characters from other games in the crowd? Am I, am I thinking about the right one? I've never actually paid attention to the crowd in this game. Oh, okay, maybe I'm wrong. Um, that may be something else I'm thinking about. Maybe that's uh, the main event, the one that had all the fake WWF guys in it, which famously appeared on Degrassi Junior High. The episode where Wheels runs away from home and runs then away. he gets in the car with some guy and the guy touches him and yeah. And Wheels is like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. That episode also has a clip of like a Coco Beware yes. match from... Uh... Mm-hmm. Yep, that's right. And I'm, I've wondered what the fuck the match was forever because obviously they do fake commentary over it too. It's like the one Degrassi episode I remember because of that, because of Coco Beware and uh, Main Event. Shoutouts to Degrassi Junior High, a series that I have in no way, shape, or form watched multiple times. Shoutout uh, to, to end. The Zit Remedy as well, the best band yeah. um, of all time. Also, uh, shout out to uh, Neil Hope, the actor that played Wheels. He passed away in, I think it was 2007. And no one knew. And nobody knew That's until sad. fucking like 2012. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Wheels was a great character. Shoutouts to the Zit Remedy. I'm kind of depressed now, but um, not as depressed as when I'm listening <laughs> to Girls in Cars. But um, yeah, so the next game I like the actual Girls in Cars. Like that song gets me fucking hyped. Oh, it's a great song, Robbie the, the, Dupree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, you know, playing his guitar and singing with his hair blown in the wind, and yeah, WrestleMania Challenge. So as you just talked about a little bit ago, my story, and I think I mentioned this last week, was. It was at my cousin's birthday party, and I don't know if the game was just released around then or, or what the case was, but I remember his mom leaving and we were desperately waiting for her to get back because she went up to pick up WrestleMania Challenge. And I don't think any other kids at the party were wrestling fans, but me and my cousin were huge wrestling fans. So she she eventually came back and, and we loaded up and we went crazy and we're like, oh my god, like I couldn't believe that you could play as yourself, who was just named yourself. <laughs> And a guy in like brown boots and brown trunks. Um, that was crazy to me at the time. You could do wrestling moves, which you couldn't in WrestleMania. You could do actual moves, signature moves. I liked the way the this is a weird thing to mention, but the way the health bars were set up. Do you remember how they look in the game? Yeah, they're on the ring skirt. Yeah, that's really neat and uh, unusual. So something that's sort of uh, unique to that game. I've always loved the way that game looks. Like, it's got the isometric camera angle, and I'm a sucker for Fire Pro anyway. But I played that game way before I ever knew what the hell Fire Pro was. Yeah. I, I love the way the arena looks. I, I don't know, like, when I when I, when I I was a little kid, I always wanted to play the game because I just thought it looked really neat. Everybody in the game's distinct. Like, the sprites aren't super big and detailed, but they are detailed enough that, like, you know the guy in the fucking pink tights is Brutus Beefcake. Yeah. The 
the gameplay, like, there's no traditional grapple system to steal a line from Joe Gagne, which that line always bugged me because what is a traditional grapple system anyway? Grappling moves, there's never been, like, an established, this is how grapples work in wrestling video games. There's just the one system everybody likes. That's true enough. But uh, to your point, the um, the signature moves. If you grapple an opponent from behind, Rick Rude does the Rude Awakening, Beefcake does the Sleeper. Uh, your signature move, yourself, yes, you, uh, is an atomic drop. Hogan has the leg drop, I believe, is his, like, ground strike. Warrior has a gorilla press that will fucking chuck people out of the ring, and if you're playing against another human player, you will win by count-up, because nobody to this day has ever explained to me how to get the fuck back in the ring. <laughs> When people climb the ring post, they climb the post like they're climbing a coal miner's glove pole to get the yes, that's very gimmick. Yeah. The music in the game is fantastic. David Wise does an eight-bit chiptune version of Hard Times for Big Bossman, which is really weird because Bossman is clearly fat, like eighty-nine heel Bossman. But do you remember or have you ever seen like that game was initially not called WrestleMania Challenge? Oh no, I didn't know this. Yeah, originally it was called WWF Survivor Series, which that's the big mode in the game is the Survivor Series match. It had the original Survivor Series logo and the splash screen at the beginning did not have Ultimate Warrior. It was the picture of the Mega Powers and Liz from the SummerSlam 88 cover. I have never heard this before. Now my mind is blown. I need to look this up some more. Yeah, I didn't know about this until like 2013 or 2014. And it makes me wonder like, was that game supposed to drop in 1990? Even if it was. Sorry, I, I just saw. Yeah. Um, the cutting room floor. Yeah. Uh, WWF Survivor Series, and there's the the Mega Powers and Liz. We eventually did get a game called Survivor Series, which we'll talk about when we talk about the history of WWE games. But I, this is the best WWF game on the NES. Not that that's like a fucking high bar to clear, but it's it is a fun little game if you're not. Like if you if you just want a game that has a bunch of really cool WWF characters and you for some reason just want to play an NES wrestling game that isn't one of the good ones, like really good ones, this this will this will do you just fine. I like it. Where is this this I Nobody wonder... has girls in cars though. Oh no. Nobody can beat that. Where is this picture coming from of, of Survivor Series? Do you think there's like actual footage of when it was called that? I you know what? I don't know. I know the splash screen image and the one image of gameplay were allegedly from a magazine. Okay. That's but that's before my time. I. Yeah. I'm wondering if there were any changes to the roster. Like, there's nobody in the WWF in that era that did the atomic drop. Is like, I mean, everybody did it, but there was nobody that did it as a signature move. So, like, I can't headcanon that yourself was supposed to be somebody else. Yourself, that should, they should have introduced that character on actual WWF TV. It would have beat, like, Suicide by, you know, decades. As for, like, a video game character that appeared in actual wrestling. Yeah, they could have used, like, Shane Douglas for it, just dyed his hair shit brown. Shane Douglas shit brown as yourself? Year. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, actually. When I was thinking about this the other day, and I, I thought, like, Shane Douglas would have been the guy. Or, like, I don't know. Tracy Smothers or somebody like that? You know what? That would have got Tracy paid. I think I'd rather, with all due respect to Shane Douglas, uh, Shane Douglas in 1996 is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, but I, yeah, yeah, it, sh- it should have got Tracy Smothers paid. Why do I have, like, a memory of, like, every time Shane, Shane Douglas doing a promo, he'd be like, ooh, the franchise, ooh-wee, the franchise. Did he do that a lot, or is it just my memory acting up? I think it's your memory. Are you sure? 
I did, mean, maybe maybe not in 96. Maybe not in 96, but 96, like, he was... Like TNA and WCW, like, ooh, franchise. Oh, yeah, he was he was on some other shit at that point. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he was on some sort of shit. He's talked about it. Oh, yeah, okay. Let's not talk too much about Shane Douglas. I don't know why. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> the next game I got on the list, um, Superstars for the Game Boy. I loaded this up a bit. It was decent. I mean, the sprites were really big on the Game Boy, which was, you know, that's never a bad thing when you're dealing with a Game Boy game. Um, I also was surprised to see that it had attack combos. So I was playing as Randy Savage, and I did like three punches. Then after you do three punches, he turns it into an elbow. And I thought that was kind of a neat little feature there. Yeah, I... So, I saw this game on a poster like you would get with games in the early 90s. It would be like a fold-out of like, here's the rest of our shit. And it blew my mind that there was a Game Boy game with the Ultimate Warrior. Because the Game Boy was the first system that I owned that was like mine. Nobody else could touch it. (laughs) And I didn't get this game until 2000. It was right around like Thanksgiving. And uh, it, it had like the little hologram... The Attitude Era WWF sticker on it, and from what I've gathered, because I did do a little bit of research on this after we talked about it last week, Acclaim just re-released all the games they had the rights to, like their dead stock, when they were going to lose the license. Which is why some of you might remember randomly finding copies of Super WrestleMania for the NES at your Walmart in like 1999 with the fucking Attitude Era logo on it, for some reason. David Wise again does the soundtrack. You get that fucking sweet Ted. Did you listen to the Ted DiBiase theme? I did, yeah. Amazing piece of business. Just tremendous. That used to be my alarm when I was like in my teenage years. And you know what? I never woke up in a bad mood. I heard that song (laughs) and was like, fuck yeah, buddy. Um, The Mr. Perfect theme is great. And then the Savage Warrior and Hogan ones are just like slightly differently pitched versions of the WrestleMania Challenge. Uh, music but you know what's crazy in the um i found like a like a soundtrack rip of that game it has the superstars of wrestling theme from wrestlemania for the nes but like a new version of it for like pitched specifically for the game boy which is the like dun 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 dun, dun song that plays at the beginning of uh matches right, yeah. mania for the nes and i can't remember i i've played the game like link cable and i can't remember ever hearing that in the game itself um also we haven't been running down rosters at all so i'll run this one down really quick it's hulk hogan the ultimate warrior macho king randy savage uh, mr perfect and ted dibiase you could make an argument you could swap out like perfect for like jake roberts or whatever but in terms of like the three big names and like two guys for them to beat up this is probably the best roster you were going to get if you only had to pick five especially because this game launches in like the spring of 91 do you feel like so? It's interesting. The next game on the list. Well, I mean, we'll get to it, but like, WrestleFest came out after this, right? So yeah, I don't know. When I first played this, or actually when I played it recently, I felt like I could feel like a bit of WrestleFest influence on it. And then I looked at the releases, and I was like, oh, WrestleFest came after this. Yeah, it's it's a game that I think pulls very heavily from the arcade game it's named after, because like. The size right. of the ring, the way the actual arena looks. Yeah, it would make maybe more not sense so much to to mention the the Superstars arcade game. Yeah, instead of WrestleFest, it doesn't. 
ape the art style so much in how the sprites look because Warrior, Savage, and Hulk all look very different from, you know, the arcade game. But it also just dawned on me, four-fifths of this game's roster are just in Superstars, but DiBiase is not playable unless you hack him in. Mm-hmm. Also, I should probably note, uh, the DiBiase in Superstars, the arcade game, is just a palette swap Jim Duggan. I mean, they're basically the same wrestler, right? No, but they do have like a bunch of really fun matches together, including the 85 stipulation match from Mid-South. Um, Never but yeah, that. Superstars for Game Boys... Dude, it's on YouTube. You gotta see it. It's, I've, it's I've never been like a big Mid-South person. The only time I've ever really talked about Mid-South was when I went to WrestleMania in Louisiana and I dropped a whole bunch of Mid-South references to the Uber driver and he's like, oh yeah, you know your stuff. And I'm, I was just thinking, no, not really. <laughs> but yeah, Superstars is a perfectly... I'll, I'll damn it with faint praise, I guess. It's the best WWF game on the Game Boy. It is. I, I no, think... it's... Uh-oh. Well, technically, there, there's one way later that's on the Game Boy Color, but it's also playable on the original game. As, as far as ones that are just specifically for the original Game Boy, th- this is the best, by a lot. And you said that the uh, the Game Boy was your first, like, your first singly-owned console. I st- yeah. I stole mine, uh, the Game Boy from my, my sister. She got it from her, for her birthday, and she got, like, Tetris, and I was like, no, I'm playing this now. Um. <laughs> yeah, it was it was uh that's what I did. Next one is WrestleFest. So I never heard of it. <laughs> I put so much money into this when I was a kid. Like just an incredible amount of times I played this game. There was a arcade and um the shitty little mall, but they that was the only place you could really I knew I remember WrestleFest being at and I would go there all the time just to play that game. The the arcade is closed now obviously, but like I remember the last time I went there, and like I got in trouble for pounding on the machine too much because I I had to win the matches. Love this game. And um, around this time, you know, there's something to be said about WWF marketing too. I feel because like around this time, everything was like these big cartoony characters on like a blue background. Like you buy the Hasbro's, you had the blue series. You you, you got like the the blankets and sheets when you were a kid, they were blue with, with cartoon wrestlers on the front. And that was kind of WrestleFest had the same sort of style to it. Big cartoon sprites. And the menus have like blue backgrounds. I don't know. Just when I think of WWF at this time, I think of like blue backgrounds and cartoon wrestlers. Yeah, me too. I actually have a funny story about this. So again, I referenced how my cousins would bring up WrestleFest and I had no idea, right? Mm-hmm. I want to say this would have been around 2000. Uh, there's a village a little bit south of where I live, and I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna have people who don't like me hear this and dox me, so I'm not gonna say where. Value but village. like literally two, 200 people live there, right? So it's not like the last place in the world you'd expect for something like this to be. I was staying at my friend's house, and he's like, "Oh, we're gonna go to the pizza place, and they've got this arcade game that's got Sergeant Slaughter and Mr. Perfect and Demolition." And I was like, "You're full of crap." Demolition aren't in a video game. You're bullcrap. We're going to get there and it's going to be like fucking Saturday Night Slam Masters. And then we ended up not being able to go because his dad came home from work and was like, yeah, we're just going to we're just going to have dinner at home tonight. And I'm sitting there like, no, I, w- I want to see this fucking arcade game with Sergeant Slaughter, actually. And then a couple of years later, obviously, I discover emulation. I find the ROM and sure enough, there's an arcade game with Demolition. Not Hell the version yeah. of Demolition I want to use, but 
that game is so much fun. The sprites are super big and detailed. You have like a bootleg Mike McGurk doing the ring introductions, accurate Saturday night's main event logos for fucking everybody in the, in the tag match mode. You have much like with superstars, the boss characters being Andre and DiBiase. You have the road warriors as the boss characters. And it's obviously not them doing the voiceover with obviously not mean Gene Okerlund. No, um, <laughs> those promos are great though. You'll bury every gerbil-faced geek we face. That's <laughs> burned into my brain. I always um, remember, this contest is scheduled for one fall. Yeah, or if you win the Royal Rumble as either member of Demolition, she'll say uh, Demolition is king of Royal Rumble. I always remember, Fucking like... insert wrestler tags the corner. No, they don't even say your name. They just say tags the corner. Tags the corner. DiBiase. DiBiase. You hit somebody... You hit somebody with, like, the box outside the ring. Oh, no. Ultimate Warrior. It's... Warrior Splash. It's it's such a great game. I, I wish Savage was on the roster. Yes. I also get that the game was released well after his quote-unquote retirement. But, like, when I think of, like, 91 WWF, this is the quintessential game. Fucking pretty much everybody's there. And everybody's there as, like, my brain remembers them from all of the... Like, like you said, the marketing... Warrior looks like his Hasbro. Hogan looks like his Hasbro. Demolition looks like the Hasbros. Earthquake looks like the Hasbro. You see where I'm going with this. Yeah. Everybody everybody basically looks like what they were branded to look like. And I think it's super cool that they had a big roster of heels to play as in the game. I d- you know what? You could have just had Savage in there over Slaughter. There's no fucking reason for Slaughter to be playable. Nobody... Nobody that has ever existed in this world has ever wanted to play as that version of Sergeant Slaughter. And I say that with all the love and respect in the world for Valor Thief Bob Remus, they really should have just had Savage in that game. That's like my one. That's the one negative thing I'm ever going to say about it. I love the Royal Rumble because it's fun and chaotic. I love the Saturday Night's Main Event mode. I love the stupid little bullshit cage match that isn't actually a cage match. And we we can talk more in this list about games with cage matches that feel no different from a regular match because they really don't feel different in any wrestling game, but no. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. There's um, I'm just looking up on um, on Google. So I remember a few years ago seeing people that have made like, what if sprites of like Bret Hart and Andre the Giant. And I'm looking up now. There's a lot more than I realized. There's like people have made like British Bulldog, Owen Hart sprites. Like you remember who like one of the big proponents of doing those like what if sprites was right? The guy behind Retro Mania Wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a game we can talk about at length some other time, but it is kind of crazy how much like Action Arcade Wrestling came out of Homebrew Wrestling, Retromania came out of that guy wanting to do like a WrestleFest sequel. Yeah, and I mean, we'll talk about this one on the, the WWE episode, but they made a better WrestleFest sequel or remake than THQ certainly did, that's for sure. I will say though... I did like some aspects of the WrestleFest on iOS. Yeah. I hated I hated actually playing it because touchscreen doesn't work for pro wrestling. I'm sorry. It doesn't. But it was really cool seeing like that that game's roster got crazy after a couple of DLC updates. You could have like Daniel Bryan and Mr. Perfect as a team. But I hated that like it looked shit. the AI would kick out of everything. Yeah, it looked like an early 2010s phone game. I mean, 
if like if you're gonna do a remake of WrestleFest or a WrestleFest inspired game, I want it to look like WrestleFest, and it looked like shit. Been early 2010s phone game. Yeah, it didn't it didn't look good at all. I mean, like I remember like taking like a side by side of of Big Boss Man and being like, look at how much better these original sprites look from WrestleFest than they do yeah. in this remake. I'm still kind of salty. The console version got fucking axed because like, yeah, it was. Listed. I think that game might have looked. Yeah, it might have looked nicer on a TV because the sprites would have had more detail to them. I it still wouldn't have been the same art style though. Yeah, it was it was listed on Xbox <laughs> Arcade, and I don't know if like PlayStation Network too was it okay. I don't know if anyone got actually yeah, got access to it. Like I know it wasn't released publicly, obviously. I it I don't think it ever had a price when I saw it listed. Like I would go on the PlayStation Network, like on my computer on the website. Because at one point, I just couldn't order shit from my console. I had to do it on the internet. And there was a there was a coming soon page for that game for the longest time. There was one on Steam, too. I wonder why it was But awesome. my biggest gripe was, like, uh, the Troubles THQ fell into in early 2013. That makes sense. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I hated how the AI would just survive everything. And then you had, like, Marcus Stevenson from THQ, who I... If if I talk shit, it's gonna make it's gonna probably find its way to them. So I won't say a whole lot. But that guy was like, "Don't you guys remember how difficult it was to beat somebody in the original WrestleFest?" And I replied to him with like, "I can beat the original WrestleFest on like three credits." No. Yeah, but also like, arcade games were difficult because they wanted you to spend more money. Yeah. They want you to. Yeah, that more. doesn't really translate to fucking mobile games. No, does it? it doesn't. I don't. You can't. You can't put a quarter in your mobile game. Um. <laughs> They might have pop-ups. I mean, I'll try. Money, but I'll, I'll try to shove a quarter into my cell phone. Oh, I wouldn't suggest it. You might need to get it repaired. I don't. I don't have an opening on my cell phone that a quarter would fit okay, into that's anyway. Not, it's not going to work. Should we talk about WrestleMania? The other WrestleMania. Oh, the Amiga game. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, if you've never heard of this game, you're probably not alone. There's a game that was released on the Amiga. C64 and probably some other like weird European computers. Artistically, the Amiga version looks exactly like Superstars the Arcade game. Unfortunately, it does not play like Superstars the Arcade game. You walk up to an opponent, you grapple, and you wiggle the the D-pad or the stick or whatever you're using back and forth, and you do a move. Very basic gameplay. You get, I want to say you get Warrior, Hulk Hogan, and Davy Boy Smith as your playable characters, and you fight through the Warlord in what I believe is his only video game appearance, the Mountie, Ted DiBiase, Mr. Perfect, and Sergeant Slaughter. And then when you beat the game, you get a, a newspaper that says you've won the WWF. So the, this, was a, this was a gauntlet for control. It's just, not for the championship. Just the WWF. Sergeant Slaughter has fucking taken over Titan Towers, and it is your job to fucking take it back. That's not the actual plot of the game. That it's just what I created in my brain. <laughs> it's 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 the prequel to Betrayal. You have to defeat the Triangle of Terror. Oh god, it's still crazy to me. People people were like really happy to get like the Colonel Mustafa action figure. Like, I'll take another like regular Iron Sheik figure. I don't need this fucking version I of him. I saw that today actually. <laughs> I was like, no. And then like, I I get being respectful to like. Uh, in regards to like sensitive imagery but i'm not buying that or the iraqi sympathizer slaughter if they don't have like the flag that's just 
They're just in like fucking shitty brown uniforms at that point. I don't care. I'm trying to remember. Well, <coughs> but, maybe we should wait to talk about this. But Legends of Wrestling was yeah, dude. That that's a whole episode by itself. Because I, but I'm trying. I, I, you want to talk? You want to talk about a podcast? You'll be up late editing. Let me talk about those games. Did Did Slaughter have like? What was his entrance in that? Did Did he have like the Iraqi gear and like the U.S. flag? I'm trying to remember. Slaughter wasn't in those games, was, was he? he? Not. No, I don't think. Am I talking about? I mean, Legends of WrestleMania. I did uh, not Legends of Wrestling. Oh, I he yeah okay. I I can't do a three hour podcast about Legends of Mania. No, there's not there's not um, much to talk about. Oh no, he did. I guess he did have. Oh no, that's WrestleMania 14 or WWE 14, 2K 14. He had an Iraqi flag. I think he does. First, uh, Mania 7 and Legends of Mania, but I wouldn't swear. It's been like 12 years since I played that game. Yeah, and it, it's I can't swear to a lot of things about. Yeah. Oh, he doesn't even have any flag when he comes out in Legends of WrestleMania. Yeah, and he doesn't have General Adnan either, so who gives a shit? Who has never appeared in a wrestling game? No, he has Because not. God forbid the AWA get a video game. He definitely wasn't in Superstars 2, which is a shitty game for the Game Boy. So I think we can actually lump this one together with Steel Cage Challenge. Actually, because they were kind of marketed together. I think the one I forgot was Super WrestleMania came out first, right? Uh, the Super NES version. They kind of all come out around the same time. The Genesis version of Super WrestleMania comes later. Yeah, but again, we can kind of lump these games. They're ostensibly the same fucking yeah, game. Yeah, Super WrestleMania, um, Super Stars Two, and, and um, WrestleMania Steel Cage Challenge. They all have the same like menu music. Even some of the animations, even on the Game Boy and, and the NES for Steel Cage Challenge, are similar to Super WrestleMania. This was the beginning of the button mash WWF games that lasted for a couple of years. Um, Super WrestleMania for NES has a phenomenal roster. You will never get to play against most of us if you play against the AI because the AI always defaults to picking the fucking natural disasters as your opponents. Weirdly, it's like the Macho Man attire that's in Super WrestleMania. I've only ever seen footage of it in the singles match he has with The Undertaker that the WWE doesn't want to release for some reason. Jake Roberts is in like green tights with the snake on the side. So it's like babyface Jake, but he's got the trust me theme. No finishers in any of these games. I will, I'll run down the rosters from memory. Uh, Super WrestleMania for Super NES is Hogan, Savage, Jake, Sid, Hawk, Animal, uh, Typhoon, Earthquake, Ted DiBiase, and who in the fuck am I forgetting? Hogan, Did Savage. I say Sid? I said Sid. Yeah, uh, Undertaker, Leech to Doom, Natural Disasters. I think you got them all. I think I forgot Taker, yeah. Okay. Superstars was like Hogan, Sid, Jake, Savage, and Mountie, and Undertaker. Steel Cage Challenge depends on the version. This is also where, like, the Nintendo and Sega systems had different characters. I think exclusive to the Game Gear version and Master Systems, like Papa Shango. He's also exclusive to the Sega Genesis version of another game we're going to talk about. Uh, he's exclusive to the Sega Genesis version of... Uh, Super WrestleMania, and actually, the Genesis version of Super WrestleMania has finishers. Um, that game's roster is also just Hogan, Savage, Warrior, DiBiase, IRS, Papa Shango, Shawn Michaels, and the British Bulldog. Way cooler roster, if I'm being honest, because it had British Bulldog and Papa Shango and the Ultimate Warrior. 
the finishers are weird because you just kind of like press a button and then your guy will like warrior will stand and do that weird like jerking off the air motion and then he'll just fly into a shoulder tackle you'll never hit it on the ai ever uh the power slam for bulldogs like he goes for a body slam and then like just goes into like the pinning animation Shawn Michaels' uh, teardrop suplex is a vertical suplex where he drops his opponent like on their shoulder because it's the side suplex. Go figure. Uh, Hogan has the leg drop. Savage has the elbow drop. Shango's got the shoulder breaker. DiBiase's got the cobra clutch. And IRS has whatever the fuck IRS's finish is. As a start to the series, it's not good. But Royal Rumble improves drastically on this formula. Guys actually have finishers, and they look like the moves, too. And Rumble just felt more polished, too. But we're talking about these three specific games. There's a cage match in Steel Cage Challenge and Superstars 2. That was a big part of the marketing for both games. So much so that they found a picture of Savage and DiBiase from 1988 to use for the uh, steel cage challenge cover it's very basic you knock your opponent down and you walk over and press a button to climb the cage if your opponent stands up you magically float down uh, because nobody in wrestling has ever climbed out of a cage while their opponent was getting up clearly it's not a very fun cage match you can't do any moves off the cage you uh and actually in steel cage challenge and superstars 2 your character climbs the cage and then sits on the top of the cage doing a double bicep while the bell rings that's what, three times that's what happened to me i was playing it uh a few days ago and i chose roddy piper because that was like the only game he was in at this time and I that's remember, true i can't remember who my opponent was but he slammed me i couldn't get up he instantly climbed the cage got to the top of the cage and that was it and then it turned the game off but if your opponent gets up before the third bell, you will fall off the cage. Oh, really? Yeah, that's how that works. I see. Yeah, it used to piss me off when I was a kid. We should also mention, too, that weirdly, Steel Cage Challenge was released as like a plug-and-play game in 2018. In 2018. That's yeah. crazy. So I actually have it. I have it. So they replaced the Mountie with Razor Ramon and Hulk Hogan with the Ultimate Warrior because of Hogan's obvious controversies. The select screen, or the start screen, rather, is Hogan from Steel Cage. It's the same start screen, but they color Hogan's wristbands green and the trunk screen, and they just copy and paste the head from Warrior in uh, Mania <laughs> Challenge onto him. Of I'm like, not making this up. Of like all the games that could have been released from that, from that era, Steel Cage Challenge is the one. And why would you replace the Mountie with Razor? I, no I mean, idea. I get it because you just recolor the shirt and then like copy paste like a lower half from somebody else. But like, That's so and they strange. mash up the roster too because there's like, it feels like a combination of the NES and Master System rosters too. Such a weird fucking. Yeah, I, I got it for Christmas and I was just kind of like, oh, cool, I have this. I'm gonna play it one time and then never again. Wait a minute, was and that's what happened? Was yourself in Steel Cage Challenge 2? No, they saved that return for uh, the last NES WWF game. Oh, okay. Oh, no, I'm looking at, like, um, before it was released, all the characters were actually just named yourself. So it's got, like, Hulk Hogan <laughs> and Hulk Hogan, but it says yourself, yourself. Jesus. A mirror match, you could see. So, yeah. Um, eh, in a way. Um, 
Super WrestleMania, I rented that when I was a kid, and I had the Super Nintendo version, and I thought I was doing something wrong because I could never hit the finishers, and then later realized that no, right. there's no finishers in that game. Real bizarre. I played, I played Rumble before I played that, so like I sat at my cousin's house doing the backbreaker with the Undertaker for like fucking what felt like an eternity. Like he's gonna do the tombstone, you guys. I promise. <laughs> He's he's I, he does this cool move where he drops his opponent right on the top of their head, and then it just never worked. I would say I would classify it as like a disappointing game, but like okay first step. You know, it was a taste of things to come, as Shang Tsung said in Mortal Kombat. What a poor reference. Uh, next game, European Rampage Tour. So you've not played this game, right? I have not. No. It's a game that allegedly got released in the U.S., but I'm I'm almost like 99% sure it was uh, Europe only because why why would you call it European Rampage Tour? Like calling it World Tour would make more sense because the final match takes place at MSG. There's not a lot to the gameplay. I actually emulated this game in like O2, and we couldn't use the computer or my gamepad. We had to go to Walmart and buy a fucking flight stick so I could play this shit, and. Uh, I picked Ultimate Warrior, and I want to say Bret Hart as my team because, I mean, wouldn't you? And I could not figure out how to fucking play the game at all. Like, it does this weird shit where, like, when you turn around, your character will physically turn. It's like a long animation, which I'm sure the people that love the simulation-style games now would fucking piss themselves over because when you turn around in real life, it should take a long time or some stupid shit. But it, it that game did not feel good to play. I never got past the Nasty Boys, and they're the first guys that you fight. I do know that the Road Warriors are the last guys that you fight. I'm looking at it, and I don't know if I like the graphics or not. <laughs> it, it's, oh, they're it's horrible. Kind of strange. It it looks like absolute doo doo. The um, this is the Commodore 64 version. Yeah, that does not look good at all. That came out later, I believe. Or maybe it came out around the same time. Interesting thing about the Commodore 64 version. The four selectable wrestlers from the other versions are also present in this version. The player must defeat Typhoon, Erwin R. Shikester, and Jerry Sags from the Nasty Boys before challenging Animal for the championship. Oh, so the C64 version is just singles matches then? Yeah, by the sounds of it. It says, <laughs> it says there's a, a, two, a two-player... Yeah, a two-player practice mode is also included. And that looks what a, way worse than the other versions. Yeah, I I didn't play the the C sixty four version because I was I was fucking around with some uh some tag matches and in, in that game when I was playing it in like O two. It's it's not it's not very good. Next up on the list, uh, as we just mentioned a little while ago, would be Royal Rumble. Fun story about this game. So when this uh came out, um, one of the malls in the area. Had a con, you, you could just put in a ballot and win the game along with a Super Nintendo. And I would go to the mall constantly just to fill up the ballot and the ballot box. And I never did win uh, Royal Rumble in the Super Nintendo, unfortunately. I was kind of expecting that to have the happy ending. No, I never get a happy ending. So I, I did, I do remember renting this. There was a local video store called Rick's Video, and I, I remember my dad taking me to rent it. And I was like, this is a great new wrestling game, it's got Ric Flair in it. And it was a great new wrestling game for its time. You know, the it had loads of characters in it. The gameplay, although as a kid, if I put the difficulty up too high, I would break my hand trying to win grapples on it. Oh, yeah. But it was a lot of fun. 
Yeah, I don't. I remember somebody on Fire Pro Club back in the day trying to tell me these games were bad for the time. Yeah, like, no, they weren't. No. If if you didn't if you didn't have access to like fucking import wrestling games, this is a these games were perfectly fine. Yeah. I um I played the Genesis version first because like our model one Genesis broke, like just stopped working. And um mom had to go to Walmart and get the model two Genesis and she was like, What game do you think we should get? Now me being me naturally uh, i said royal rumble because that hulk hogan on the cover and he's not in the super nes version weirdly bam bam bigelow is a big part of the advertisement like the two page now on genesis ad he's not even in the fucking game neither version he was a he was apparently along with kamala originally planned for uh super nes royal rumble but they both got held off for probably the next game we're going to talk about right i I like the Genesis roster a little bit better because it's an oddball kind of like you lose. Who do you lose? You lose uh, Ric Flair, Mr. Perfect, Yokozuna. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else you lose. I'm just looking. And you gain like. I'm just looking at an odd you gain ho- and, it, and it's got Bomb Bomb Bigelow right there. So, yeah. So you lose like Flair, Perfect, and Yoko. But you gain Hulk Hogan and Papa Shango and Rick Martel and fucking Hacksaw Jim Duggan. You gain IRS too, but who gives a shit about him? Since it's those games, you get the really cool 16-bit themes. So, like, you get, like, a weird 16-bit version of the Rick Martel theme. Which rules. Um, you, I probably should have also noted the music in the Sega Genesis version of uh, Super WrestleMania is horrible. It yes. sounds like your TV's on self-destruct mode. Do yourself a favor and listen to the Shawn Michaels theme from that game. It, it's, oh, it's, it's glorious. It's such a fucking terrible piece of music. Yeah, Rumble's a huge step forward. You get the, uh, the Survivor Series matches where you pause and press like select and it cycles through your, uh, your available partners. The graphics are just way better. <laughs> crowd's more detailed the rings more detailed the wrestlers are more detailed each guy has a finisher and unlike super wrestlemania for the genesis the finisher animations actually look good the the teardrop suplex looks like the teardrop suplex uh crush has the cranium crunch or the kona crusher whatever the fuck you want to call it the bonsai drop looks great the million dollar dream looks great none of the submission holds actually lead to submissions in this game which they actually correct in raw but in Raw, there's only two guys that have submission finishers, so there's a lot of motherfuckers in this game that do. I like that across um, the two versions. At the they have um, Bobby Heenan and Vince McMahon at ringside doing ring and, doing commentary. There's no actual commentary in the game. I just thought it was a neat inclusion. Yeah, there's a is are there not commentators visible in Super WrestleMania as well? Actually, maybe. Oh, I guess there are. Sorry, yeah. I don't remember them. Being and I know that there's um, there are in Raw as well, and the 32x version actually has like a rotating cast. It has like um, uh, what was the the woman that did uh, WWF Mania? Uh, Stephanie Wyand. Yeah, Wien, yeah, like that. Yeah, we'll talk about the 32x version of Raw in a bit, but yeah, I, I've I've heard people say Rumble's a bad game. I think honestly, Rumble's my favorite of the 16-bit games just because the roster, the music. It's it's 
weirdly a more nostalgic game for me than Raw, even though I've I've played Raw way more. Mm-hmm. Way, way more. So I think actually, as you were mentioning, the next one on the list is a game that I remember seeing in microplay on the shelf and I really wanted to play it and I never did. And I still this day, I still not have not played this game. Uh, WWF Rage in the Cage. I can talk about this one if you want. Yeah. Um, so when I was little, we went to the video store and I had no idea there was a Sega CD WWF game and I didn't have a Sega CD either. And I freaked out so hard about it that like I asked my mom if we could rent the game so like we could go to the library and copy the instruction booklet. <laughs> I was like four. Um, and I really, really wanted to play the game. And on eBay and in, like, I want to say 03, I found a copy for like 30 bucks. And the, I still have the copy to this day. I learned how to rip the game. Like off, I learned how to rip the image off the disc. And a friend of mine from the UK on AOL Instant Messenger walked me through setting up an emulator to play Sega CD games. First thing I did was I endured the load times to beat the game as Kamala and win the WWF title. And sadly, because that's like five computers ago, I no longer have the screenshot of uh, Howard Finkel holding the belt up for Kamala. It, it's, it's a weird game. They add the cage match, which is... It's better than the previous incarnations in that once you start the slow climb out animation, your opponent getting up doesn't automatically end you like climbing. Mm -hmm. They have to like run into the ropes or like punch the cage to fucking drop you. And I, I like that. Unfortunately, this is a game with a ton of tag teams, including two exclusive teams in the nasty boys and the head shrinkers. And there's no fucking tag matches. That's so kind unless, of bizarre because I mean that unless you're like the that was in I mean that was in Royal Rumble and uh, Super WrestleMania, but maybe they. I guess you got to make room for those fucking FMV videos that I'm sure people watched oh, one yeah. time, saw the quality they were in, and were just like, "Oh fuck this!" They weren't even full screen; they're just like shitty, like monochromatic videos. It oh, it sucks so bad. <laughs> I like that we have like a 16-bit version of Kamala's theme song and like serving hard times because Boss Man's in that game too. Yeah, and also we get like the cool 1992, early 93 Bam Bam Bigelow gear in that game. Yeah, like the but King of the it's Ring. not. Yeah, exactly. The uh, then now forever Mattel Elite for anybody listening to this collects action figures. But like beyond that. <laughs> It's 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 a game that exists. It's probably objectively the worst of the games from this era, except maybe Super WrestleMania. But I feel like Super WrestleMania having tag matches gives it like a greater variety of match types because everything in Rage in the Cage is just singles matches. I think like <clears throat> one of the reasons that I really wanted to play this as a kid is because if you look at the cover of the game. It's got like everybody on the front cover, but it's just like a whole bunch of faces, and you think that like maybe the end roster is gonna have like sixty people on it or something. It's just like I need to yeah, play this. That cover like grabbed me immediately when yeah. I was a kid because it's like look at how many people there are. There's more people on this cover than are in any other game that I've seen. Yeah, and that actually stays the largest WWF game roster until Attitude, I think. 
Yeah, it's a really cool actually cover on it. Warzone might take the Warzone might take it because I think Warzone, if you add up all the bullshit secret characters, gets to like twenty one or twenty two. Mm-hmm. But it's still insane to think like twenty was the like you look at how big the two K twenty two roster is. Even factoring in the duplicates of people, there's like 200 characters in that game. Yeah. And there was a point where like 20 characters was like, wow, look at this roster. It was insane. Yeah. Do we have to talk about the next game? Is it Raw? No, it's King of the Hill. Oh, King of the Hill. <laughs> King of the Ring, sorry. <laughs> I tell you what. Dang it, Bobby. So, <laughs> boy ain't right. I'll tell you it's what. 137. It's one thirty-seven in the afternoon. The, already the boy ain't right. I, I've been watching a lot of um, King of the Hill recently, so I think that's where that came from. I've been watching it a lot because FXX has it on sometimes from like 1 to 3, so I get to watch like a couple episodes before I have to get ready for work. It's on Disney um, Plus now. King so. of the Rings... Is it? Yeah, at least in Canada. I don't know about US. Oh, I gotta look into that. Yeah. That would that would that and Dinosaurs would be my big reason to get Disney Plus back. Dinosaurs. But, um... It's a great show. It, it it's wonderful. Um, we're we're stalling. We gotta talk about King of the Ring. It was uh, it's not a good game. Yeah, uh, it, it is the return of yourself, but you've undergone a gimmick change, and you're now you. Who? You can only give the character a three letter name. So unless your character's name is Sid, you're kind of screwed. Or Arn it could be Arn. I um, scissors not included. I have one note from this game, and that's that. Um. Razor Ramon's profile picture looks like Brock Samson. Isn't he like the fastest character in the game too? Probably. Yeah. Every, every character in the game has stats. And I remember like Razor being faster than Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels and just thinking that was really dumb. The game sucks. It's like, I, I can't. Yeah. It's, I, it's, I said this last week, but this is a game that like broke my spirit as a kid thinking everything wrestling was great because I rented this game and I was like, what is this? Like, just looking at the screenshots now, it's like a blue nightmare. The crowd's blue. I talk about everything WWF was, uh, you know, the advertisement was like all blue, but not like this. It looks like shit. Um, it was the worst looking WWF game on the NES, which seemed crazy because considering all the games that came before it. It's just a mess. I would say Steel Cage Challenge looks worse because the sprites are so small and devoid of any detail. I guess, but like... the the. King of the King of the Ring looks like a really crude like Newgrounds animation from like the early days that someone would put up. Yeah, it kind of rules, honestly, when you put it that way. No, I didn't mean it as a good thing. I mean, it, it's, I hate it. <laughs> it. It does. It's a very bad looking game, but I think I think Steel Cage Challenge looks worse. Yeah, you might be right. I think it plays worse than Steel Cage Challenge, which takes considerable takes amount lot, of effort. Yeah. How can we be shittier than the last game? That was their goal. I just... I don't understand the logic of dropping a WWF game on the NES in 1993. The popularity of the WWF is declining at a fairly rapid rate as they... They're not booking, like, big TV venues for Raw every week at the beginning. They're running the Manhattan Center and, like, the Mid-Hudson fucking Civic Center. And like high schools. And granted, the syndicated shows, the high schools came later. The syndicated shows were still in like the like bigger arenas because I guess it makes more sense. Syndication, you're going to reach all of the like network uh, broadcast affiliate channels. 
and it was the 90s not everybody had cable i suppose but like when when the sales of the action figures are in like a downturn from everything we've been led to believe 93 and 94 were were terrible and that's why hasbro said no to renewing the license i don't understand dropping a game on the nes even if it does have a big install base like people are migrating to the Genesis and the super NES. Yeah. Why are you wasting? Like I can understand doing the game boy version. That makes sense to me. The NES version. I, whatever gives a shit. The game boy version is also pretty much exactly the same as the NES version. I think it just has like two less wrestlers and I don't even remember off the top of my head. Who's missing. Yeah. Next up WWF roll. So there are some version-specific quirks. The Game Gear version, famously, I think we talked about last week, has Macho Man, Randy Savage, and Crush, marking the only appearance of what I've known for my whole life to be Evil Crush is now being referred to as Tribal Crush. Not to be confused with the Tribal Chief. Yeah, I saw somebody use that name for that version of Crush recently, and I guess that's that's the new version. It's not Evil Crush anymore. Um, right. The Game Gear version looks nice for a Game Gear game, I guess. No. I'd like it a little bit better if the sprites were bigger. Um, I can't, Horrible I'm sorry, game to play, though. I can't see anything positive about the, the game. Did you see the Game Boy or Game Gear? Game Gear. Okay, yeah, I can't see anything. That ruined my birthday, so I refuse to say anything good about that game. The Game Gear version is the only one of the 16-bit games to have Yokozuna in the red tights with the black, like, Mawashi. No comment. All the other games were black and red. That's 92 Yokozuna. That's not accurate to the time period. I'm not going to say anything good about it. I refuse. He even did a little dance on the Game Gear version before he does the boss. You can't even see the play thing. You don't know what he's doing. I I can see enough to know. No, I, I I can see enough to know what Yoko's doing. He's also like the biggest sprite in the game. Yeah. Why did they put so much effort into the Game Gear version in terms of like Randy Savage's attire is like super detailed given like the pixel count of the screen? Why did like And then you Not the Game Gear, but like why did the the thirty two X version have like purple turnbuckles and a ring apron? I don't know, but I've always liked the 32X version ever since the first time I played it, because, like, outdated Undertaker picture on the select screen. Luger has the, like, the 94 theme instead of Stars and Stripes Forever. You have, like, the silver ring posts. Taker has purple gloves, which he doesn't have in the Genesis version. You have Quang as a fucking, like, final boss character. Rotating commentary uh, booths, which I think is, like, Gorilla Monsoon's it's his last appearance in a game, and I think it might be his only appearance. Or is he is he one of the two commentators in Super WrestleMania? I feel like it might be him and Vince in that game. It was I haven't looked I at think it was time. I think it was Bobby Heenan in that as well. And like I, think- I you also have like the board that says Raw in the 32X version, like the the cards the women would carry around, yeah. but it's like a wooden sign you can break over somebody's head. And then also they had all the weird Mortal Kombat like mega moves in the game, like Owen Hart doing like the the Zangief spinning lariat around the ring. That's kind of cool. That was crazy because I think um, the first time I saw that I was a kid, you know, didn't read the instructions and Owen Hart just starts spinning across the screen. I'm like, what the hell happened? 
I didn't figure out how to do those until WWF magazine told me how to do them. But like it was Christmas 94 and we're playing a Royal Royal Rumble in that game. And Owen Hart just starts knocking people out of the ring with that. And we're all sitting there like, what (laughs) the fuck is this? And uh, also Luna Vachon's in that game. It's her only video game appearance. I'm pretty sure that's kind of a decision you could make. Yeah, it was her only appearance. That's right. It's a great little roster. Uh, you get the sweet 16-bit Owen Hart theme. This was his. And, I mean, uh, if you want to go for the roster, that was his first. That would be Owen Hart's first game, right? It was yes. Bomb bombs. Yeah. Well, I mean, technically, Rage against Rage against the machine. Christ, what's wrong with me today? Rage in the cage would have been his first game since like WrestleMania on NES. It's the video game debut of uh, Kevin Nash as yes. Diesel. It's the first, but not the last, appearance of Doink the Clown. The video game debut of Sean Waltman. Um, it's the third WWF game to have Lex Luger. After Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble and Rage in the Cage. Yeah. Which he always looked weird in it's those games Yoko's. to me. He looks weird to me as the narcissist. The Maiden USA Luger is better. Honestly, Maiden USA Luger in that game looks like fucking Stan Lane. Yeah. I've always like I've always thought he looked weird, and I just put it together. He looks like Stan Lane. Also, one, two, three kids moonsault in that game does not work. Like if if you didn't see how he beat Razor Ramon, you would not know how to do the moonsault. No, I think because they took just me say like. Uh, can, can, can I tell you how long it took me? Yeah. 2009 was the first time I did the fucking moonsault in that game with the <laughs> one, two, three kid. 15 years after release. Because I was like, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to figure it out today. And I sat down and took like an hour. And uh, when I finally did it, I was like, I went on like MSN, was like caps locked all my friends. Like, I did the moonsault as one, two, three kid. <laughs> and everybody was like, cool. And I was like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> I have just accomplished something great here today. I have done Sean Waltman's finishing maneuver in this game that came out when I was three. I really wish this like gameplay style would have continued, especially when they got into like the digitized sprites and stuff, because like, yeah, imagine in your house with like this gameplay. Yeah. Would it be neat like to see them go more into the, the new generation with this style of game? I, I mean, I'll say that I definitely preferred it over like, We'll get to it next, but WrestleMania the arcade game, which wasn't a bad game, but I definitely prefer this style of gameplay over that. I do too, but I will say this in defense of Mania the arcade game. I think that game fits the like super over-the-top, cartoony, like kid-friendly WWF that it's based on like late 93, early 94. Mm-hmm. The game comes out in August 95, but we'll just ignore that fact. I... I remember we got the Genesis version for Christmas in 95 and it was because like all of us kids who wanted it rented the uh, super NES version and realized it's missing two characters, which is the, the two literal two biggest Bam Bam Bigelow and Yokozuna. Um, they're just gone from the super NES version. And uh, yeah, we weren't going to get the game. Like it looks better on super NES, but it plays worse, like so much worse. Genesis version looks worse, but like plays really well. That was my disappointment. And also has Yoko and Bammer. I I got the Super Nintendo version when I was a kid, and then I was like, why isn't Bam Bam and Bam Bam and Yokozuna in this? 
I I had the tips and tricks tape and we actually went through and like wrote down on like notebook paper all of the combos. So when that tape broke, just randomly stopped working, my VCR just spat it out like get this piece of shit away from me. I was like, doesn't matter. I have all the combos right here. And then somebody fucking spilled like pop or something on that that notebook and it got thrown away. So I've just been up shit creek in WrestleMania the arcade game for like twenty five years. I had but the, I think it's I had the magazine, the tips and tricks magazine on that. Yeah, it's nice. It is a good I think it's a good game. I mean it's 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 interesting. Um you've got Mortal Kombat. Did you see all the cut content that have come out? Yeah, like, for that game? There was Jeff Jarrett and like Adam Baum. Uh, Adam Baum had like a fully captured moveset. Mr. Perfect was slated for the game. Yes, that's right. There Jeff was... Jarrett was in your house. Oh, was, uh, that's right. Uh, not maybe the arcade game. There was a referee that and was like Razor. Right? right. And Razor Ramon is like an actual fucking fatality where he cuts people in half. Yeah. <laughs> Cutting room floor, everybody. Yeah. Great Go we- take a great look. Website. It's amazing. Really? Yeah. Like, it's. You see so much cool shit that got cut out of like attitude and like. We're not going to talk about these games today, but like Big Vito's just straight up in the ECW game. I don't know why you'd want to play as Big Vito, but if you want to play as him, he's he's accessible with like the Game Shark, I guess. Yeah. But no, it it was a cool game. Um, I I definitely played it in the arcades when I was a kid. I remember having a lot of fun with it. So, um, not too many complaints about that WrestleMania in the arcade game, but the sequel in your house, I wasn't as enjoyable. No, the gameplay the gameplay is not as good, but there there are several points for in your house. I love the character specific arenas because they're just so stupid. It rules. Shawn Michaels has a nightclub, the Heartbreak Hotel. Goldust is like a movie theater lobby. Fucking Triple H's ring is in a country club. The Undertaker's is in like a mortuary. Ahmed Johnson's is in a locker room for some reason. Because <laughs> he Owen Hart's is in a literal fucking like. Uh, house of cards like they yeah they did so much and also the game's got vader and the ultimate warrior and it's also so. got the first like real use of like all together now from the album right because it's the, the opening theme. video yeah yeah i remember playing that game again like years later and being like huh so they they, they didn't make that song specifically for monday night raw no i um this is one of those games where I rented a, a console, so I'd rent a PlayStation and play it in your house for like a couple of days, took it back. Um, I thought it was definitely one of the more disappointing like PlayStation rentals I made during that time. Uh, I believe <laughs> I also did that for Warzone because I didn't get Warzone. Yeah, Warzone is a better game until later. So here's the thing about Warzone. So I think there's a lot of people, including myself, that as a kid like really loved Warzone. And obviously now you look at like what you had to do to pull off the most simple moves and it doesn't hold up. Um, I actually have a lot I can say about the Acclaim games. I'm going to come off as an apologist and I swear I'm not. Okay, Um, that's that's fine. Since we're already deep into the Warzone stuff, one thing that I think a lot of the post-release discourse has like overlooked is Warzone comes out in 98. They had like a two-year dev window. They also had to like halt development briefly because of the Montreal screw job. They talked in the um, strategy guide the developers did about like having to fight to keep like Bulldog and Brett in the game specifically. 
because the game would have been delayed if they had to get removed because they were it's a small roster anyway. There's the FMVs with both guys. They're two of the biggest names in the game. You can see why that's an issue. There wasn't an established like this is how 3D wrestling games work, especially in the US, because we hadn't gotten, you know, at that point, the three Tokon Ratsanen games. We had just gotten, you know, World Tour, Power Move, and Nitro, and uh, Versus the World, all of which play very differently from one another. There was no like established this is how 3D wrestling games work. So Acclaim just did like, look at their previous two releases. They were essentially fighting games. Mm-hmm. With fighting game commands to do moves, so they they basically just did like okay, let's take that same philosophy and do it in 3D. I'm not saying it's good because I understand everybody who's ever been frustrated with those games. I very quickly, as a kid, figured out if you just learn like the same four like button combos, everybody's got those moves, so you don't have to start move list every two seconds. Because that got annoying to me after a while, and so I figured it out too. And when I say very quickly, I mean it took me like two years. It's fine. I catch on pretty quick. Um, but I, I don't, I don't think it's wrong that they took that approach. They clearly, when they made the jump to the PlayStation Two, were like, okay, we we've got to actually try to do something more in line with like the other like wrestling games. Because by by the time Anarchy Rules comes out you have like one SmackDown game with another on the way. There's been three more Aki WCW games. Fucking mayhem has come out. There's like more stuff to look at for what a 3d wrestling game quote unquote should be. So they had more to like pull from and also be like, we're not going to use these ideas here. It was like, what the fuck was a 3d wrestling game in 98? You know what I mean? Yeah. Again, I'm not saying it was good. I'm just saying they really didn't have a lot to pull from. Uh, and also, that team that team didn't really seem to be wrestling fans. Granted, the team that came after them, the Showdown team, really weren't wrestling fans, and a lot of them had not seen wrestling since they were kids. But, like, I don't think... I don't think they were a team that really understood what the fuck they were making. No. That's another another problem with it. I think again they kind of figured it out with Legends of Wrestling, and if we if we could have just gotten like a fourth Legends game, they might have actually like hit it hit that point with a good game. But I I liked Warzone when I was a kid. I think Attitude rendered that game like obsolete immediately because you didn't have like the five tiered health meter anymore. It was one health meter. The game ran better. Uh, there were like there's more shit you could do. Had a bigger roster. Didn't have a better roster, though, because it didn't have Bret Hart and the British Bulldog. But And also, Cactus and Dude Love weren't playable characters in Attitude. We'll get to that in a minute. Because it was an early 3D wrestling game, there was a lot of stuff that was new for, you know, when you were a kid and you were playing this for the first time. Like, I can't remember any other games around the time where you could, like, go through tables. You know, put your wrestler through tables. That was a crazy idea. Um, and all the weapons they had, the, just the, the accurate theme songs, the promos, the crowd, the commentary. I mean, uh, WrestleMania in the arcade game had commentary, but it was full-blown commentary in Warzone. Um, so there was a lot yeah. of stuff that they were introducing that were, as a kid especially, you were kind of blown away by what you were saying with this game. 
Yeah, the presentation was incredible. Oh yeah, um, like they they really hit it out the park with like the the warehouse and stuff, like because that matched the the aesthetic of WWF on TV. Um, yeah. Right. Did you see, by the way, all of my tweets when people were dunking on Fight Forever about like the graphic style and how? And I I still believe this wholeheartedly. These are the same people that back in like 2000 were saying like, oh, No Mercy looks like shit. And their their point of reference would be like, look at the rock in attitude. And it's like, he looks worse than he does in fucking No Mercy and Mania 2000. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, that's graphical arguments at this point. I, I just think it's silly. Uh, to me, it's always like, yeah. at the end of the day, how does it play? So... Um, and I'd rather see a slightly cartoonish aesthetic because it always it always ages better. Yeah. Take a look at Mania 2000 and take a look at Attitude. Two games that released three months apart. Like which which one looks better now? Did you see Mania? Did you see the pre-release stuff from Attitude when it was called WWF 98? You mean Warzone? Oh, sorry. Yeah, Warzone. Yeah, they had the fucking like the red, white, and blue ring. Yeah, and they had like, and, like a, American flags everywhere. New and stuff. gen logo. Yeah. Have you seen the footage of the like the beta where like they actually have like kind of better animations for like getting like hit and yeah. like the actual strikes? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I saw this stuff a long time ago. It's super interesting stuff. And I in like Shawn Michaels default attire is like the red and white alternate that he has in That's the game. That's right, yeah. Interestingly, and I think Owen's in more of like a King of Hearts attire than yeah. the Blackheart gear. The um the Game Boy version, which came out first, is the one that doesn't have Bret Hart. You know, I had the I actually got the uh, the Game Boy version. Uh, I actually have both the Game Boy and the PlayStation One versions of Warzone for my birthday in '98. I have no memory of Bret not being in the Game Boy version. I played it a few days ago, and yeah, there was no sign of him in there. Um, funny thing about that game, too, is that the Game Boy version, it's got, like, really outdated profile pictures. Like, it's got babyface Rocky Maivia, but it talks about him, you know, being in the nation. And it's got, like, Owen Hart with, like, longer hair, but, like, pre-hard foundation, but it talks about him being a lone wolf. And, like, Kane looks like he wears, like, a leotard. It's, uh, it's an interesting game. Yeah, I uh, so I have a funny story about Warzone. Okay. Um, before we move on to Attitude, my mom gets me the PlayStation version of Warzone, and I'm excited because it's the first WWF game in two years. So much has changed since in your house. Like, there's very little crossover between those two games' rosters. It's like Brett, Undertaker, Sean, Ahmed, and uh, Hunter. Yeah. And Goldust. Never mind. Like half the roster. I'm an idiot. Never mind. Uh, I have brain damage. It's okay. So my mom gets me the game and we take it home and I put it down and mom's like, you want to go get ice cream? And I'm like seven and I'm like, yeah. So we go to get ice cream like a block away from our house. Well, one of my, the youngest of my older cousins is a complete piece of shit. Uh, fucking finagled his way into our house, stole my copy of Warzone and took it to his friend's house and sold it to his friend. We get home. We realize the game's not there. I didn't just misplace it because my mom remembers where I put it. My mom calls uh, my cousin's house and his sister basically gives the whole thing away, like what he did. So my mom went to my cousin's friend's house and knocked on the door and 
the older brother of the kid my cousin sold the game to literally just shows up at the door with this like i'm pretty sure this is what you're here for jeez yeah did and then i i got to play as kane your your cousin huh did you beat the shit out of your cousin he was like eight years older than me at the time and would have probably locked himself you in his room regardless if i confronted him though. so yeah yeah i could have That'll happen eventually, I'm sure, though. I mean, you know, we haven't even really talked about the promos in this game. And obviously the Ahmad Well, Johnson fun with Ahmed. Legendary. Yeah. Yeah, so at points during the championship mode, or is it, is it, is it called championship? I think it's called championship mode. Is it challenge? It's not career mode. That's what it is. Um, so it has the standard for the era, beat everybody and you're the world champion um, mode. And at certain points, you will get challenged to grudge matches. And on the PlayStation version, these are accompanied by really badly acted FMVs of the wrestler challenging you to like a gimmick match. The Ahmed Johnson ones are infamous because of our, our friend, Sonny Bone, uh, putting his own subtitles over them. Because being Ahmed Johnson promos, not exactly easy to understand. And I don't even know what he's saying at this point because I've seen fun with Ahmed so many times. I, I actually do. I, I just think he's saying, if you're Tommy Knock to bleed, you've got Willie Jakes to take on Ahmed Johnson, the Pearl Whirlpool powerhouse. You can't prove to me that's not what he's saying. I know because you can't, you can't understand what he's saying, actually. I was a huge Ahmed fan when I was oh, a kid, I love by the way. Ahmed. He's an incredibly, I still love like, him. He's an incredibly, like, dangerous worker. Like, there's, like, the suplexes he does where he drops Owen, like, directly on his shoulder. Like, yeah, that sucks. But also, fuck it, I love Ahmed Johnson. That guy owned. There's a, um... So, some of the best Ahmed Johnson was on Shotgun Saturday Night. There's one... This I can't remember if this is the same match or not, but he does the Pearl River Plunge, like, off the middle rope. And I think this was after he, like was kicked out of the nation and the crowd's just going nuts for him. And like, this is like when he's on a downturn, like in his career and like, he beats the shit out of the guy and then does another pull river plunge after the match. And the crowd just go crazy. And like, they send like all the, the officials out and he just looks like the biggest badass. And it's like, hell yeah. Oh my Johnson. I don't know about that he time. Was super over. I don't know why he started like slivering like a snake and sticking his tongue out at one point, but he was still cool in my eyes. I had, so as a kid, I, I didn't have the bone-crunching action Ahmed Johnson figure until like two years ago. I bought him on eBay. I had that like really sort of like racist stomp Ahmed figure. The one in overalls? Yeah, yeah. the like country, like the stereotypical like country bumpkin. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't realize when I was a kid, like that's... Ugh. You no. might want to stay away from that kind of imagery. And then I saw it when I got a little bit older, and I was like, what the fuck? But this is the same company that released the Godwins with the fucking stars and bars on their shirts. Like, at the same time, that Stomp series was on shelves. Yeah. It was, it was the late 90s. What can you say? Have you ever noticed? But also... Sorry, go ahead. Do you remember the, like, CG scenes with, like, your character's girlfriend in Warzone? Yeah, the woman in the red dress. Yeah. And like the limo. What the fuck was that all about? I don't know. I, I Even as a kid, I was like, what? Uh-huh. All right. Look at this. They couldn't have just had like Sable or Sunny do some shit? You'd think. 
I mean, Sonny was the most downloaded woman on AOL. I'm sure. Um, I, I was just going to say, do you ever notice the similarities between the song Loser by Beck and Pearl River Rip? You know what? No, I never have. You need to play them. Like, So there's a website I, called, I told you about before. Like, It's, it's DJ.something. And like I merged the two songs. And they have like a, a very similar beat. It's crazy. I can't believe Jim Johnson I listened will... to Loser and said this is going to be all my Johnson's theme song. I swear to God. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to do that it's uh, later on. And then when he joined the Nation and they just had, we are the Nation added to his theme. That was the best. All my Johnson is. I'm sorry, but he's great. You know, the one thing I wanted in life was All my Johnson to go to all Japan. In 1998. Can you imagine? I mean, it might have hurt some people's lives, but that would have been crazy. Imagine the Pearl River Plunge 98. Did you? Can you imagine? Oh, shit. No. I don't want to think about that. Um, Alma Johnson against like Kobashi. Alma Johnson against Mike Awesome as the gladiator. Shit. That would have ruled. Ahmed Johnson versus Kobashi would have been hilarious. Ahmad Johnson against Kikushi and just beating the shit out of him. Oh. Yeah, why not? I'm all for watching I'm all for watching Siyoshi Kikuchi get brain damage. I'm not that that's a little far even for me. Okay. Does he actually have bit brain damage? Have you seen that motherfucker? Well that was the thing that used to people used to see online and I was like, what? You guys are, are fucked. What do you mean? He he walks around and makes that like one face like he has like end stage CTE all the time. Yeah, I guess so. And I mean there is that match from like ninety three where Fuji backdrops him like fucking twelve times or some shit. His theme song used to rule his his old Japan theme song in like ninety three. Was like crying in the blaze or something like that. It's a great theme song. Yeah. I guess we should talk about I guess we should probably talk about attitude yeah now. that's what i was gonna say or as or as i'm going to call it from now on the uh the test version of ecw hardcore revolution have have you ever heard that song that somebody uploaded on youtube and it's him singing about singing about attitude no get addicted to that attitude wwf i'm gonna have to send you the link to that now oh lord so attitude, a lot of people might not know or remember this. Attitude was like a very heavily advertised game well before it came out. Um, EGM did a gigantic article, like four pages, I remember. Or maybe I'm just conflating and I'm thinking of two separate articles. But I remember a huge feature for Attitude talking about how it was going to have a create a pay-per-view mode. And there would be storylines in the career mode where the champion would come and interfere in your matches and all of this stuff. And it was supposed to come out in the spring of 1999. And then we all know what happened on May 23rd of 1999. And uh, so I've heard a lot of rumors about the Owen Hart uh, inclusion in the game. I've heard that Acclaim fought to keep him in for similar reasons to keeping Brett, Ahmed and Bulldog in Warzone and that removing him so close to the finish line would would uh delay the result game. in a long delay and also this was at the ass end of like 
Attitude was the last game on the deal. We are we all knew WrestleMania 2000 was coming out, or as it was originally announced, WWF 99 uh, was how I first saw it in uh, Nintendo Power. Uh, I've I've long heard that they fought to keep Owen in, and that's part of the reason why Martha Hart, for the better part of what two decades almost, over two decades, why that was part of the reason that she let them license owen for the legends of wrestling video games a couple of years later i've also i remember the rumors when i first got on the internet in 2000 that like acclaim stuck the owen tribute in like against the wwf's wishes somebody feel free to correct me on that but that was a thing for the longest time was like the opinion was that acclaim just kind of shoved that in as like a oh you don't want this too bad we we like this guy we're gonna and it's basically the same Owen tribute graphic from Raw's Owen, so maybe that was just people on the internet wanting maybe. wanting a claim to be more badass than they actually were. But I do remember like that rumor about Martha like being happy that they stuck the tribute in um and fought to keep Owen in the game. I I remember that like when Owen was announced for Legends 2, like that was that was the thing. Like she she liked a claim because they did that. And also like they blue blazers attire was originally meant in the game as like an attire for owen Mm -hmm. it's not in the game like as an owen attire but i think it's still there in call mode if you use a a game shark warzone's a warzone attitude's an interesting game gameplay wise i guess uh they added a bunch of match types like the i quit match which works functionally the exact same as a submission match just put a hold on somebody have them in the hold until the count of 10 not really anything to talk about. I actually, I don't hate the cage match in Attitude, Warzone, and the ECW games. I hate it's, they don't it's perfectly rules. fine. Yeah, that was that's like the one thing I I didn't understand that. Um, it, it's not a bad representation of. I'll just before we get to Mania 2000, and I really get in my bag about it. I don't think there's ever been like a good cage match in a wrestling game, because. Like the whole idea of a cage match is it's this like violent, like you're never going to be the same again, like feud ending match. Although I guess not by the late nineties, it really wasn't, but you can't really convey that sense of danger and mayhem in a video game. Cause if somebody could have done it, we would have seen it by now. It, it's just like a graphical overlay for, for the screen. Essentially in most games, it doesn't feel any different than a regular singles match. And aside from the little climbing bit in the Acclaim games, it is basically the exact same thing. Yeah. I think if anyone could maybe have a shot of, like, reinventing the cage match, it would be ultra-violence. Yeah, I've, I've got faith in, in that game to do some cool stuff with, like, because they're, they're going to have stuff that looks like the CZW Cage of Death in there. So maybe we'll get some cool, like... But that won't even be a traditional cage match. That's just going to be, like put something on top of the cage and throw somebody off of it. But like, they but could even, that's you know, still, they, they, you know how they've got those, the, there's a gameplay with the skewers in the head. If they could have something like where you're having a standard cage match and you can like, you know, rake somebody's face against the, the cage as like a special or whatever the case may be. Even that would be something different than what's been in wrestling games previously, you know? Yeah. Cause it's super hard to trigger any of that stuff in like any of the WWE games that that's have right. it. Like, yeah, the, the SmackDown versus Raw games, if somebody was leaning against the ropes and you grappled them, you could fucking 
they had that like really cool like fast like face rate thing but it, like so hard to set the AI. like you couldn't manually just set the ai up against the ropes in yeah. those, those games um attitude's career mode wasn't what they promised it was it was still the standard beat everybody won the title thing which you either love or you hate or you're indifferent i guess i it was 1999 that like having the arcade style ladder just kind of felt like a natural progression on Warzone. I I will say though I like how and this carried over into the ECW games too. They had a calendar with a schedule and you could wrestle you would wrestle on Monday Night Raw and Shotgun Saturday Night for some reason. Sunday Night Heat was also in the game. And then they had house shows and a house show arena. That's right. Yeah. I've always thought that was cool. I always thought that was so freaking cool. And then in the ECW games, the house show arena was the ECW on TNN house setup for some reason. Yeah. Probably because it was the arena that had a literal house. Again, I don't think they knew what they were making. Though, I mean, the best part, I think, of <laughs> Attitude actually is the audio. Because you've got all the wrestling. <laughs> you've got all the wrestling introductions. You've got, I mean, I don't like Shane McMahon, McMahon on commentary. Um, but that he's there. Jerry Lawler's there. The this is the game that they really introduced a lot of the crowd. Um, you know, taunts and stuff. You've got the custom custom entrance themes, which some of them are kind of hilarious, and some of the, the custom taunts are hilarious, like Agent X, which is like an Austin Powers like theme song. Um, so they will. I think they really did a, a hell of a job on the audio for this one. This is also the first video game appearance licensed in the States of Dr. Death, Steve Williams, since like WCW on the NES too. Yeah, that's crazy. I just thought about that. Yeah. Does he have the backdrop driver in this game? I only played as him like one time when I was a kid. Cause like, Oh, it's Dr. Death. I imagine he's probably but... got the standard backdrop that everyone would have. And he probably just has a Dr. Bomb as a finisher. Right? The Dr. Bomb is his, I have the attitude strat guide somewhere in my fucking house. I could just look at it sometime and figure this out. I'm trying to think who else is in there. He also... Team. I mean, it's he got a hell of a, a large roster. Yeah, it's got like 40 characters or something. Kurgan's in the game. Shawn Michaels in his um, Mania 12 gear. I think that's his default is in the game. As an unlockable. Uh, head. Head is in the game. There's no punchline to that. The, the head is just a playable character. Oh, you can, you can it's a floating play. head with floating hands and boots. I'm, I'm not kidding. It's... They they did it. They did it. So this can't the the Game Boy Color version again came out the year. This came out in June nineteen ninety nine. The Game Boy Color version is pretty much the same as Attitude um, for the most part. There's not much difference at all. Um, uh, finishers aren't like weird like eight button combos in that game. It's like you fill up your gimmick and then you grapple and you press like select and you do your finisher. In that way, I'll say it is a much better game. Okay. Like the gameplay feels a lot better because you don't have to, you don't have to input a nuclear launch code to do the fucking choke slam with Kane or whatever. That game's also got a really big roster for a Game Boy game too. It's got twenty characters. Yeah, I didn't know this. Uh, I'm just reading about it. That originally the game was to include fictional jobbers that players would face early on in the career mode for unknown reasons. The fictional jobbers were removed from the game. However, their voices, ring attires, and entrances, entrances theme songs uh, remain accessible in the creator wrestling mode. Now, I knew that, obviously, that they, they had uh, 
fictional wrestler taunts and uh, entrance themes and everything, as I mentioned earlier, but I didn't know that they were actually supposed to have jobbers in the actual game. And do you remember one of the big things that happens in the ECW game? No. You fight jobbers uh, as you go for the first title in career mode. Oh, okay. Who would that be? Like the sound guy. Oh, right. uh, Fucking Ron Buffon, Charlie Brzee's, like guys who were actually like ECW and he's in Anarchy Rules. I'm not even kidding. And Gabe Sapolsky is too. Yeah, that's right. If you beat the game with Steve Carino, you unlock like an actual child. Uh, There's the joke. I I, I just set the table. It, make make it, whatever joke you want about the kid? child and Rob Feinstein. Tyler Fullington. No, it's uh, I think his name is like the his name is just like the kid. The kid. It's not Sean Waltman. No, unfortunately. I'm I'm actually no. glad he wasn't in ECW. I don't think that would have been good for him. We would have got like a buck wild like Waltman and RVD match though. That's true. That would have been fun. I mean, Waltman and Super Crazy would have been good as well. Tajiri, although he Waltman did wrestle. And Tajiri. He did wrestle Tajiri in two thousand and one. Oh, SummerSlam! Yeah. Right. It was a good match, if I remember correctly, and I might not. I have to throw SummerSlam one on later. Like I need an excuse, but yeah. Should we get into WrestleMania two thousand? Yeah, let's talk about an actual, like, really good game. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't play this game until, like, early 2000 when we borrowed my cousin's N64 and we rented, like, all of the Aki games that were released to that point because we had, we'd just been looking at the strategy guides for them because my mom would buy me the strat guide for games on systems I didn't own because I just wanted to know what the games are like, like, what the control schemes are like, who's in the game, what moves they have. Because... And I'm I'm probably not the only kid that did this. A lot of those strategy guides would inform the move sets I would give like the guys in my figure fed to kind of fill in the blanks of the stuff that they didn't do on TV. Yeah. So a lot of guys were doing that sweet reverse suplex in my figure fed, is what I'm saying to you. But um I played uh Mania 2000 first because it was the newest one. And the person that had previously rented the game had made creator wrestlers of like Kurt Angle. Uh, this was like March or April of 2000. So like the radicals were made on that cartridge too. And uh, I did not play as a member of the default roster. My first match I played as uh, Kurt Angle, who obviously did not have the Olympic slam because it was not in that game. No, I, I loved mania 2000. I loved, and we'll talk about the Game Boy Color version in a minute because I, I like that version too. But uh, great roster. Obviously, it's the Aki engine. Great gameplay. Really captures the feel of like 1999 WWF from like a presentation standpoint. The, I guess you could argue it captures more of like late 98, but with like a late 99 roster. Yeah, because you've got like if that makes the, sense. You've got like um, wasn't it like the SummerSlam '98 arena? Was... Highway to Hell yeah. and uh, Survivor Series '98, King That's of the Ring '98. Yeah, so it's it's very much like I don't even think the stage really looks the same on TV. Like they don't have the two things on the sides by like late '99. They're they're already at like the two screens, but like. The roster was insanely up to date in some regards because they had Jericho who had just debuted like two months earlier. Yeah, that's right. And uh, obviously they had Big Show who for some reason could not 
be squeezed into WWF attitude. And I know that at some point Owen Hart was planned for obvious reasons. He's not in the game. And I know that gold dust was also planned and because he left to go play, uh, by the way, his new name seven and WCW, he was obviously not in the final game, but I feel like he's in SmackDown one, like on the disc somewhere. So I feel like I've seen like somebody hacked him into the game. Mania 2000 also is like the first 3d game that had like a good creator wrestler mode. Cause like it was that attitude and mayhem three games dropped in one year with create a wrestler mode attitudes is way better than war zones was. Cause you could actually like put together and like the move set instead of just picking a default move set. But like the, con- the amount of control and the amount of stuff you can edit in mania 2000, like blew the other two games out of the water. It also for my money had a really deep roster, like a, way 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 deeper roster than attitude probably not as deep as mayhem though because mayhem got to like you had fucking bobby duncan jr and bobby eaton in there and shout outs to bobby eaton but like i saw him on that roster when i was eight and i was like whoa they got everybody that's bobby eaton um but yeah like mania 2000 there's there's been a lot of positive things said about the hockey games and i don't think either of us are going to break any new ground here no, but that's that is a game that is a like definitive snapshot of the like the first we'll say the first half of the attitude era because I think No Mercy perfectly encapsulates like the the two thousand like the end of the attitude era in a way. Yeah, like they both they represent their time periods perfectly. And sorry like, to cut you off. No, it's okay. I was just gonna say like something like Mayhem would have a deeper roster, but it's all about the move sets, right, and how the wrestlers are presented in game. And yeah. Mayhem, you know, everyone pretty much had the same movesets for the most part. There wasn't that much difference. I think the like the lighter weight wrestlers would have like her and Karanas and stuff. But I think you still had like Hogan doing like drop kicks and stuff like that. When you're playing, you know, WrestleMania 2000, they're bringing a lot of moves over from Revenge, from um, World Tour. And there's just a, a, a variety of styles in the game, right? Like, obviously, Kane doesn't play the same as something somebody like... Uh, I was going to say Taka Michinoku. Was he in WrestleMania 2000? He was, right? Or was he just in No Mercy? You know what? I don't remember if Taka's actually in Mania 2000. Maybe that's a bad example. But anyway, Kane... I feel like I've always just assumed he was in, but... He was not, apparently, which is an odd uh, miss there, because he definitely was on the roster at the time. But, um... Like I was going to say, though, like Kane and, and Edge or Kane and Jeff Hardy or Kane and Road Dog, none of them play the, exactly the same. They've got the signature moves um, as opposed to something like a Mayhem, which has a deeper roster, but like everyone doesn't feel that much different outside of a signature. What the Aki games were good was they were wrestling fans. These are people that started at Human, and as we know, they would watch the matches, they would watch the footage and try to recreate them as best as they could. So... Yeah, it was just it just felt like so much of a, a deeper experience than anything else that was on the market at the time. I I've also liked how like weirdly inaccurate some of the like Aki moves like Kane having a drop kick, but also like You just shit all over what I said like, there. <laughs> I guess no, I no, forgot no, no, that. no 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 like it's 
that's part of the charm of like the Aki games is they have like way more accurate movesets, but also you still have like the oddities still of like goofy stuff, not yeah. the oddities of like the stable, but oh. like Kane would have a drop kick, but he was also doing like he does a fucking toe pay against mankind. I have in the cell, like yeah, that's right, yeah, he does. And there's that one fucking it's the match on Raw '98, which you might be getting to in your rewatch, where it's Kane and Taker against Rock and Austin. He drapes Rock over the top rope goes to the like perpendicular rope, jumps straight to the top and then does a clothesline to rock. Who's like, like Kane would just do weird shit. So like, I would be like, Oh yeah, Kane doesn't do a drop kick, but he, he would, he could. Yeah. If he wants like, to. Yeah. And whereas like in fucking mayhem, wrath staying in Bret Hart, all have the same moveset. Yeah. And that takes you out of it. Well, I guess what I'm just trying to say is that like the Aki games had such a, even if they weren't always accurate, you can create someone for pretty damn good moveset, and that wasn't all of available with, you know, Attitude or Mayhem or what have you. Yeah, and I, I didn't mean to shit all over your point because no. you are right. Like, they had more accurate depictions of people. It, it just, it would always, like, make me laugh when I would be, like, I'd play as, like, The Rock, and he'd have a fucking stalling vertical drop brain buster. Like, they never seen him do it, but that makes perfect sense. Aki did give Hogan and Flair drop kicks as well, didn't they? <laughs> Oh God, yeah. <laughs> they did. Why yeah. does why does every wrestling why does Hulk Hogan in all these games have like a drop kick? He did one against Anoki in the IWGP final in eighty three. I actually don't remember if he, he did. He used to do insecurities, like when he went and wrestled like Tenru and, and Muda, he was doing them all the time, but drop kicks, nah. He does the fucking rolling arm bar against Muda. It looks like shit, but God love him, he's out there trying. Skinny Hogan with like Cripkeeper <laughs> hair is like a, an, an odd ass thing to watch. From WCW. Yeah, that that motherfucker. He's like not even. He the ruined same WCW, but like, yeah. I somebody said it on Twitter recently. It's so fascinating to watch him go to WCW in '94, and it's clear he's forgotten what got him over in the first place. Yeah. So great wrestler, though. I will say that we we're talking about horrible human being. Yeah, absolutely. You were talking about the uh, Game Boy version that was developed by Natsume, right? Yeah, and uh, it bears graphically a weird striking resemblance in terms of how the characters look to the All Japan game for the Game Boy. Yeah. It does not play like that game, unfortunately. But it is a, it's a fun little like Game Boy wrestling game. You have a decent little roster. You have some hilarious shit, though, like Kane being like a red-colored Undertaker. Doesn't it That's ha- kind of funny. Doesn't it have time grapples as well? Uh, you so you would press a button and your character would like throw a punch and that was kind of like the grapple animation. Oh, okay. And then you would press a button to do a move, but also the AI when you were in a grapple could also like hit a move on you. It was it the the most interesting thing though was it had a momentum system where like your moves didn't actually affect your momentum. The game like guys had certain patterns for momentum. Everybody in the game had a unique momentum pattern. And this carries over to Road to WrestleMania as well. So, like, as the match goes on, some guys might dip, but you also have the guys who, like, their their momentum dips early, and then, like, two minutes into the match, you might have a finisher. Mm-hmm. So it it there was, like, an interesting layer of strategy of, like, do I want to play as Mankind? Because if I play as Mankind, I have to wait a lot longer to get my finisher than if I play as The Undertaker or, like, Ken Shamrock, where they might get their their finisher first. I loved that about that game and everybody I've ever met online swears that game sucks. I 
maybe I'm biased because I got it for Christmas. That was the, the game I got with my Game Boy Color. But I I loved the shit out of that game. It was like prior to getting Superstars, that was the only wrestling game I would put in my Game Boy because I knew I was going to have fun if I played it. I played a little bit of it. It seemed all right. Yeah, it's a nice little game. Cage Match is a lot of fun, too. Am I remembering correct? Did that have not did that not have ropes either in their cage match? I don't think any of the Game Boy games actually had ropes oh, other than it. uh if you're gonna make a cage match, put ropes in the goddamn game. I hate that. <laughs> it's, it's a game. I'm I'm a little a more little forgiving thing, of a I'm Game like, Boy game. Christ almighty. No, it didn't. I'm looking at it right now. There's no ropes. It pisses me off. I always loved like if the AI got up while you were climbing the cage, it would just charge into the like the sides. Like <laughs> To knock you down, I that shit popped me when I was a kid. It still pops me now. I haven't played that game in a long time, but I, I, I really loved that game, and I, I loved uh, Road to WrestleMania, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Did you love WWF SmackDown? Yes. I so did I was I I loved that game because I had just gotten back into wrestling after like the latter part of basically everything from like May '99 onward kind of pushed me off in a way like i still bought the figures and played the video games i just didn't like what was on tv yeah this is like the best way i could put it so i was like oh man it's a new wwf game and and egm says this one's actually going to be good and uh we got it like our walmart we we like stalked walmart starting like the week that game was supposed to come out and they didn't end up putting the game out until like nine o'clock like right before closing one night and like my cousin was like, I'll be right out. And like they were, uh, apparently he had to go. My cousin Chris had to go through like an epic saga to get to fucking electronics at Walmart to get SmackDown because they got there like literally two minutes left before the store closed. And uh, he got it home and we played it. And it, it didn't play anything like any other wrestling game. It was like fast and kind of crazy. And it wasn't really clear how you did your finishers at first. The Rock didn't have the Rock Bottom as a finisher because if you remember, guys only had one finisher in the first two games. Yeah. So you had to do the the stunner, not the stunner, the Rock Bottom as like a, a groggy grapple, which for those of you youngsters who don't know what a groggy state is in a wrestling game, uh, you would pick your opponent up and they would be staggering around a little bit and then you could do your shit. Otherwise, you'd just do weak grapples for the entire duration of the match. I liked the backstage areas, which I also liked in Mayhem. I thought the career mode was really neat. I the roster didn't really have a whole lot of people I wanted to play as, but like it was a cool like new game that obviously with the sequel they expanded on and SmackDown 2 is a fun game. Like I really like that game. But like as as a and you know what else I really loved about uh SmackDown 1? You could look at the TV ratings for your created pay-per-views too. Yeah, and that was there was a lot of neat ideas in those games. Um, my problem, I, I'm not a huge fan of the gameplay of the early SmackDown games. Like, people rolling all over the ring to get up in, in, in the way that works. I just, and I know I know it's based on like the Simple Series, that's where all that started, but I just never could get into the SmackDown games as much as I would the, the Yaki games. I, I understand preferring the Aki games gameplay wise. I, I do and did as a kid. I just I, SmackDown was like just really mindless, chaotic fun. Yeah. Also, I didn't own an N, I didn't own an N64 until like fucking late 2000 anyway. 
So I think too, like to make the comparisons, comparisons, comparisons as well. Um, when you were playing, like a, I used to play with, I used to play these games with two friends, and like we didn't have like a multi-tap or whatever for the, for the PlayStation, but we had obviously we had four controllers or three controllers for the N64. If we wanted to play a Royal Rumble match, which we would a lot, because obviously there's three of us. Wrestlers come in and out instantly, you know, once the timer goes down. SmackDown, you've got to wait for that loading. So, you know, that takes the fun factor away. Um, mm. Yeah, so that was that was another issue for those games. Um, but as I did mention, like, that the SmackDown game was based on Simple Series, which was the Simple Series Pro Wrestling and Pro Wrestling 2, which were budget games that uh, Ukes made. At sort of around the same time they were making the Tokon Ratsuden games. Um, interesting that they didn't take the Tokon Ratsuden engine. Instead, they went with the Simple Series, but I guess it makes sense because they, they were much more faster and like SmackDown was going to be more of an arcade experience. I've always wondered like how well-received if if they would have used the uh, Tokon engine these games would have been. Because Tokon didn't have, like, dedicated finishers. They had, like, the gold combos, which I've always thought is, like, a really cool concept. Yeah. That fucking nobody's ever ripped off. For context, you can do the Moonsault as Keiji Mudo basically whenever you want in the match. And it'll do, it'll do damage because it's the Moonsault. But if you do the fucking Backbreaker first and then do the Moonsault, the Moonsault gets a damage boost. It also, when the move name pops up on screen, it'll be gold to signal that you did the gold combo. Uh, Hashimoto, like one of his taunts followed up by the Brain Buster would do more damage. Uh, I think Chono had the Kenka Kick followed up by the STF as one of his. I've always thought that's like a super cool system because like imagine rewarding people for actually doing the middle finger taunt and then the stunner yeah. or the Spine Buster and then the People's Elbow or fucking the Throat Slash and then the Tombstone or even because the, the Undertaker pins typically a separate grapple in a lot of these games from this era. Fucking let the tombstone, like, do the tombstone. If you immediately follow with the pin, the pin does damage. Like, that's why did, why, why has nobody ever done this? That's a Somebody great do this, please. Um, yeah, it would have been interesting to see how the, if they used to talk on Red Suit and Engine, how it would have been, um, how people would have reacted to it. I don't know. That's, it's a good question. I feel like part of the appeal of the SmackDown games was that they were so fast, the big part of it. Yeah, I still think you could have made the gold combos work even in a fast-paced Oh, game. yeah, definitely. But, as I said, you know, as I wasn't a big fan of the gameplay, like, there was a lot of good ideas. Like, the backstage areas were cool. Um, so I didn't hate the SmackDown games by any chance, but, like, definitely I didn't have... A lot of import as... gamers did, though. Yeah, yeah. Like, a lot of them. We should probably talk about the other Royal Rumble game now. Oh, Royal Rumble on the Dreamcast. Yeah, the arcade game. Um, I have, like, very limited amount of playtime with this. I thought it was neat. I've never understood why you would randomly be transported backstage during matches. I don't know. I remember it being like a fun little chaotic arcade wrestling game. It has a neat little roster too. I think Taz is actually in the Dreamcast version of that he game. He is, yeah, yeah. That game beats SmackDown two to market for a little bit, so that's like Taz's WWF game debut, I think. I think so, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of SmackDown on the the Dreamcast. 
but without all of the options and just a bunch of uh, a whole bunch of wackiness. Uh, it doesn't have that large of a roster, so if you're playing like a Royal Rumble or something, you'll see repeated wrestlers come out in different attires. I think they even have like maybe is it two or four attires? I can't remember. I think it's four, and also that game has like nine characters on screen at once. Yeah, it was pretty crazy to see at its time. Which to this day is still the record for anything that's not one of those weird M. Dickey games where he has like a hundred characters on screen at Isn't once. Isn't that kind of sad? Yeah, but I we might have talked about this because like by the time people hear this, we may have official confirmation. But AEW Fight Forever seems to cap at like four characters on screen, which to me in a 3D wrestling game is optimal. Six characters is where it gets a little sketchy. Anything more than six is not fun to like try to deal with. I don't I don't like the eight man matches in Fire Pro either. I just four characters on screen's like the sweet spot for me. So like we saw the discourse when the match types came out. There's like no trios matches and and uh, people being like, well, 2K has eight characters on screen. Yeah, go play a fucking eight-character match in yeah, 2K right fun. now. Tell me how much fun that is. But yeah, it's it's so weird that nobody, like... We, we've all heard the, the Mike Straw reports for whatever they're worth, because they're Mike Straw reports, with all due respect, um, that they, they wanted to have war games in 2K22 because they knew it was a match type that people wanted, but also they knew it was something that the AEW game probably wasn't going to be able to do. Which is a genius reason to do it, if I'm being honest. Especially if they managed to, you know, kind of backdoor in like classic war games. They wouldn't. I would, I would be supremely happy with that. No, they wouldn't. Uh, they'll just have the shitty WWE version of it. But um, I think we'll see 10 people on screen in the 2K games at some point, And I'm sure it'll suck. Just like when they bumped it up to eight people from six. Because people complained about that for years. I don't, I don't know. I don't see it like... <laughs> I don't have much faith in it not being broken completely. Like if they were to do something like war games, like it would be it would be really fucked up some way. I I just want to know if the game would force you into the cutscene where the two teams stand there and do like the West Side Story shit. I mean, they do that, and like they still do that in the Royal Rumble, right? When there's two people left in the ring, so. Do they? I, I haven't think... played a Royal Rumble match in a two K game. I may be wrong, but I think they do. You know what? I don't think I've played a Royal Rumble match in one of those games since WWE 12. I liked doing Royal Rumbles in, in 2K22 just because you could change the arena, and you never could before, so I could have, like, the classic Royal Rumble with the purple ring apron. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. For some reason, before, you could yeah, never I've change never... arenas. I feel like that was something they put in at one point, but I'm, I'm Mandela affecting that, I'm sure. They did. Uh, they definitely have the old uh, Rumble in um, Legends of WrestleMania, which I thought was super cool. It's like the Rumble '95 arena. Yeah. Yeah, that that fucking ruled. That arena should absolutely make a comeback. The arenas in that game at some were so point. Good. Way better than the fucking 2K14 arenas where there's like random banners draped over yep. the barricades that weren't there in real life. Fuck accuracy, am I right? Oh, absolutely. No mercy. I think no mercy. Yeah, I was gonna say I think no mercy's next. I neither again, much like Mania two thousand, we're not gonna say. break any new ground. No. Well, yeah, I mean, what could we say that hasn't been said at this point? I can say a lot of things that people probably haven't heard that aren't necessarily the nicest. Um, it, no mercy's an amazing game. It's also a very unoptimized game. 
Yeah. That game that game's fighting for its life if you put four characters in in, in the ring at once. It's it's crazy how like they they made the arena so big and detailed. Like compared Compare the fucking Raw Arena in No Mercy to the Raw Arena in Mania 2000, or even since they're based on the same venue. Compare the Rumble 2000 Arena to the SummerSlam 98 Arena in Mania 2000. It's um, it's night and day how just detailed and vibrant everything feels. And honestly, the arenas look nicer, more detailed than SmackDown, which is an accomplishment given that SmackDown's on the PlayStation. I that's like my that in the career mode with the handicap matches. Those are like my two big like gripes with No Mercy. Everything else like it's a WWF game from the end of the boom period. It's got a lot of the guys I like from Revenge and basically all the WWF guys I'd ever want to play as. Andre the Giants in the fucking game, which that's insane. He was supposed to be in SmackDown too. We can talk about that in a minute. But like I Find me, find me something to complain about with No Mercy, other than the slowdown in the story mode. The hole was too expensive. Well, yeah. There you go. I got one for you. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Five hundred thousand dollars of in-game money to buy the hoe. That's ridiculous. And it wasn't even like. It would be funny if it was like you bought the hoe and the hoe was like the most overpowered character in the game. Yeah. The hoe had like Kenta Kobashi's move set or something. Not ruled. But no, Stephanie McMahon has like Kenta Kobashi moves, and Trish Stratus has Jushin Thunder Liger moves. Does Trish do the giant? Why? She might, but she also has the fucking Fisherman Buster and the Liger Bomb. I'm pretty sure. Uh, One of the women in that game has Liger's move set. I'm telling you. I've got another complaint. They didn't have Mae Young and Moolah's theme song in the game. No, but the music they did have was, was hilarious. Pretty damn good, yeah. I don't think I realized. And also, thanks to the the Showster gear and Patterson and Briscoe having real American. Yeah, you could make Hulk Hogan. Absolutely. I don't Probably. think I I realized that one song was supposed to be like a Big Show ripoff until later. Do 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 do. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Um, yeah, I mean, No Mercy. Having gone back and played, like, WrestleMania 2000 recently, I kind of prefer, like, the art style and the lighting of WrestleMania 2000, like, No Mercy, or, sorry, and, and Revenge over No Mercy. I don't know. It's just something about it's more simplified, and it's not, it's not trying to look pretty, <laughs> whereas, like, No Mercy, it's like, look, we've these new graphical, these new effects this new lighting and stuff it just feels like too much to the point that that it basically breaks the game yeah um, they sacrificed they sacrificed the speed and gameplay fidelity yes. of revenge yeah. no mer or no mer revenge mania 2000 and vpw2 they sacrificed that for visual fidelity exactly yeah and as long as you're playing one-on-one matches it's fine but yeah no no mercy is like noticeably slower than yeah. Then Mania 2000 and VPW2 and Revenge. So and that's like the the main complaint about it. I mean, it's still a very 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 good ge- good game. Although I think originally I had the the busted cart, which wouldn't save your progress. I think I may have returned it to the store. I think I actually ordered it online from like Future Shop, which is now like Best Buy. Um, I don't know why I ordered it online because I could have just bought it in store, but I did. 
And yeah, I think we had to return it to get like the the one that didn't glitch out on us. We had a glitched cart, and it's very strange to look back at because I remember it deleted all of our shit a bunch, but like we always backed up the created wrestlers to the memory pack. Yeah. So it'd be like, oh great, I gotta go unlock Andre the Giant again, because like I would load No Mercy up before school, and it's like. Guess I got to beat survival. I got like 45 minutes before the bus gets here. Picking Kane, let's go. I didn't even have a memory pack. I never bought one. Funny enough, the only games I have on the N64 are the Aki Wrestling games. That's it. I didn't nice. buy I didn't buy Goldeneye, I didn't buy Wave Race, 1080 snowboarding. I didn't buy anything. I just bought wrestling games. That's kind of what I did with the GameCube, but also on note of my No Mercy cartridge at one point it just stopped deleting our shit because it was like an every two weeks thing. We'd have to go re-unlock everything. And then around about, I want to say like, Oh three, it's like, huh, I don't have to unlock Andre again. I wonder what happened there. I guess at the end it had some mercy. <laughs> Smackdown two. Oh boy. So I got this game right before I had my appendix out. Ugh. Um, yeah, it was a very fun week for me. Uh, I remember all the press about the game having Hell in a Cell, TLC matches, ladder matches, which we actually... No, hold on. I got to rewind. I got to talk about the cage matches and the Aki games. I want to meet whoever designed those in a dark alley somewhere. Those are the worst... It's not the worst cage matches because SmackDown's cage match pissed me off more with like that really slow climbing animation and like the AI never stays down. Yeah. But that fucking climb this 800 foot tall cage and then mash the A button and hope to God the AI doesn't get up and fucking, cause you'll never shake the cage hard enough for the AI to fall, but it'll always happen to you. I remember me and a friend having a cage match that lasted for like 45 minutes that I'm pretty sure I've got on videotape somewhere. That needs to get put on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to find it. You know, SmackDown 2 had the ladder match. I think No Mercies is better because SmackDown 2 just felt like such a crapshoot because you literally had to jump off the ladder to get the belt. Yeah. But uh, Tables match was the first match I played in that game. I played as The Undertaker against Takamichinoku, and I just thought it worked like the ECW Anarchy Rules Tables match and like how tables worked in Warzone. Do a move next to the table, the table breaks. No. You had to Irish whip your opponent onto the table and then grapple them, so Taka ended up beating me. Which is so goofy, but... And they, they held on to that for, like, forever. You know, Irish ripping someone to, into a table. Yeah, but by, like, I want to say SmackDown, shut your mouth, and here comes the pain. You could powerbomb a motherfucker next to the table, and the table would break. Could you do that in... Just Bring It? I feel like Just Bring It still had the old table physics. Maybe oh, okay. I'm wrong. I haven't played Just Bring It in a long time. We'll get to that. Which is weird because I love 01 WWF. Yeah, yeah, we will. Um, a lot of things to say about that game. Having played like um, Simple Series, the second one, I wish they would have incorporated some elements from that, which would have been pretty crazy. Like if they had like the Inferno match in SmackDown 2, or even like the electrified barbed wire and shit like that, which obviously they didn't do in WWF, but that would have been. That neat. feels like something the Fed would have shot down because they, they would have had like final say on what match types were in. Weren't they. Wasn't there talk of like Kane and Xbox doing an electrified steel cage at one point? 
that sounds familiar yeah that was definitely a thing back in the day i think it was like WrestleMania that we were talking about it right no was that it? wouldn't that wouldn't have fit the time frame I, I i remember reading like years after the fact they wanted to do some like weird gimmick match with those two yeah it was like the blow off to x-pac taking kane's girlfriend um but smackdown 2 legendary career mode for good and bad reasons good in the sense that it allows you to play through storylines from 2000 wwf and i think some from 99 as well horrible in that it takes fucking forever to get through a show i sat yes. down one day with the thought process i'm finally gonna unlock cactus jack it took me seven and a half hours of just simming through career mode and dealing with load times and also my ps2's laser was probably taking a shit at that point i um, um but I, it was worth it because cactus jack bang bang i downloaded the um the inspired um smackdown 2 mod and i started to go through the career as well and i was like holy shit it takes like way too long to get through anything in this game have you ever tried those mods by the way no but i really do want to get like the scott j definitive edition of smackdown yeah. too because he puts the legends roster back in oh by the way there was a legends roster planned for this game it was going to be andre the giant sergeant slaughter jerry the king lawler and bob motherfucking backland <laughs> I, I have a bob backland story to tell really quickly so when i was really little and he beat bret hart for the wwf belt I used to have nightmares that he was going to come to my house and put my mom in the chicken wing and kidnap me. Fast forward to 2019 and I'm standing face to face with Bob Backlund telling him this story. I finish telling him this and he just looks at me and goes, that's great, young man. That, that's, I love Bob Backlund. That sounds like a the Bob moral Backlund of that story. I went to uh, Bob Backlund rules. I went to a house show once when I was when I was young, and he was still a babyface at this point. This is before he had turned, and he was wrestling the Brooklyn Brawler, and someone in the crowd shouted like, "Go back to Brooklyn!" And Bob Backlund like jumps over the guardrail, goes up to the guy, and he's like, "What did you say?" And the guy's like, oh, "I was talking to the Brawler." And Bob Bob Backlund just goes, "Okay," and then hops back into the ring. I don't know why. Bob Backlund's a beast, man. He was uh He he rules. He's a character, that's for sure. Real quick on note of SmackDown 2. That game also had a casket match where you could pick the casket up and swing it like a chair. Yeah. And that is the funniest fucking thing in any wrestling game. <laughs> it's pretty good, yeah. WWF with authority. So never played it, always wanted to. You asked me if I had played this and I, I actually I don't think I did. Because the game I remember playing, I don't remember there being any cards involved. I had the WWF Slam Cam, and for those who don't know what that is, it was basically a shitty web camera, but it was WWF. And it had a program installed with it, and I think this had like different things you could do with this program. Maybe I'm wrong on this, but there was a game that where you would you would choose a wrestler and someone else would choose a wrestler. And it would just be there was other games like this around the time you'd be like, um, Triple H performs a punch, and then the other person would be like, Punch has been blocked or Stone Cold performs a punch. And then you would just go back and forward like that. So that's what I remember. I don't remember anything with cards involved. I really wanted to play with authority when I was a kid because I I was big into card games because I'd learned how to play the Pokemon card game. And so like when I found out there were WWF and WCW card games, naturally I bought the starter set for Nitro. 
And then the card shop that I bought it from never got like the actual packs in. He only got the starter sets in. Mm-hmm. And those sat there. I'm not even kidding until like 2005. He finally was like just giving them away to people that wanted them. Um, Raw Deal was like a horrendously complicated game to nine year old me. I never really, 10 year old me, whenever the fuck. The game comes out in late 2000. So it's like, I was like nine. So I never really, I had a bunch of the starter decks, like a ton of them. But I never really figured out how to play. So with authority being like a video game, I'm not going to learn the wrong way to play the game because the game's going to teach me how it wants me to play. But I don't think my shitty little computer met the minimum system requirements for that game, for one. And two, I never saw a copy of that game at any store that I went to. So I ended up not being able to play it. I know that a while ago there were people that had like servers set up for it and i might be wrong on this but i think people were making like new sets of cards and shit for it too based on like current wrestlers or that might actually be people bootlegging raw deal i might be conflating things here but i i have no experience with uh that game i still want to buy a physical copy of that game just because i think it's a cool little novelty that like the fed had a an online like card game way before Supercard was even an idea. So, I'm looking at it now. Maybe I did play this. Maybe I, I wonder if they released a, a beta online at the time. I remember seeing screenshots and liking the like aesthetic of everything. It looked, it looked very much like you would expect an online-based card game of... Uh, of the WWF from that era to look like the kind of scaffolding from like raw. Well, it, like it looks match cards and stuff. I mean, it kind of looks what I, what I remember that you've got like Jim Ross, Xbox, Xbox connects with a low blow kick to triple H Jim Ross. Xbox is really picking up the pace. It reminds me of what I played back in the day. So maybe this was it. I think it must've been, but I have no memory of it. Really. I don't like, remember exactly you know the cards or anything like that i do remember just playing an online game like this though this had to be it we're like the last two people that should have talked about this game yeah probably the but we need to get some of the wwf with authority fan pages on this shit do those still exist probably not no maybe on angel fire somewhere shout outs to angel fire hell of a website in GeoCities. And Homestead. And... That's another one? Yeah? Yep. Um, MSN Spaces? The internet was a much cooler place in the early 2000s. It was. My old website is still on... I can still find it on archive.org. Nice. Uh, WWF Betrayal would be the next game on the list. So I've I've often heard that this game is terrible or whatever. It's not. And it's no, it's not. It's a goofy little eight bit beat 'em up on the Game Boy Advance. The plot's really stupid and cliche, but like who gives a fuck? This is a game released at the end of the Game Boy uh Game Boy Color's life cycle. It's not a game that really, I guess, needed to be made. It's not a game that anybody was asking for. But when I found out that game was coming out, I got like really hyped because it's just like such a stupid little offbeat game. Yeah. Gameplay is perfectly fun. Graphically, it kind of looks like Mayhem for the Game Boy Color. Yeah. 
And you get to beat up. I always like, thought that was weird. You get to beat up a whole bunch of people that look like the big boss man, Luigi and Ron Jeremy. So that's kind of cool. I mean, all people you would see on WWF programming. Basically, the plot of the game is Stephanie McMahon's been kidnapped, and depending on who you pick, I believe the playable characters are Austin Rock, Undertaker, and Triple H. Yeah, that's right. Depending on who you pick, you get a different. Um, you get a different who done it. I beat the game, I think, with The Rock and Triple H was the one. He kidnapped his own wife. I have no idea why. <laughs> uh, but I've I've heard so many negative things about this game over the years, and, like, it's it's not hurting anybody. No, it's fine. It's a neat idea. Yeah. It's a it's a beat-em-up game with wrestlers on it. I mean, it's 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 fun. It's a little, little Game Boy thing. It's, I don't know. It's not offensive. Yeah, and like if you're gonna do of on any era of wrestling, if you're gonna do a side scrolling beat 'em up, you might as well do it on the one era that had like all the backstage yeah, bullshit happening the anyway. Most dramatic bullshit soap opera stuff as well, right? Yeah, it's it's if you had to do an eight bit side scroller for pro wrestling, that's the perfect one to do. Though they could have done one of the mega powers where Randy Savage kidnaps Elizabeth and you play as Hulk Hogan. Fuck yeah, they could have. You got lust in your eyes. I was gonna try a Macho Man impression, but I just mine really hurt my voice really that. bad there, so I'm never gonna do that again. Um, <laughs> the next game, which is offensive to me, because to this day I hear Michael Cole scream, "The last ride, the last ride," and that's WWF. Just bring it, SmackDown. Just bring uh- it. Okay, so I didn't get this game until a year after it came out because I didn't get a PS2 until O2. Went to Walmart and actually had the guy who went on to be my manager when I worked at Walmart, you know, 15 years later. Uh, I actually harassed this guy to look through the copies of Just Bring It because they had the greatest hits one with the WWE logo. I was an idiot who thought the greatest hits version would have all the released wrestlers like Jerry Lynn, like not in the game anymore. Uh-huh. So I had him dig for the WWF version. I actually <laughs> apologized to him. He had no memory of it, <laughs> but uh, the most offensive thing to me, the commentary is hilarious. The most offensive thing to me is that game takes up half a fucking memory card Four megabyte save file. Why? I think, um, so I, I played this game when it first came out. When you get that opening cinematics, you're like, that's crazy. Like, and I remember, like, oh, yeah, I remember seeing that online before it came out, and everyone was like, this is PS2, this is a new era, this is what it's going to look like. And then you play the game, and it, it, it was a, it looks like SmackDown 2. It, it's, it, there's a, it, there's an improvement, but it's not drastic or anything. It's still, yeah, it's still SmackDown. You know what, though? There's probably a reason why that game's not the huge graphical leap that, like, shut your mouth is. Did you know that game was originally supposed to release in the summer of 2001? I did not know that. Yeah, so apparently the initial target release date for that was like summer 01, which if you consider that's like a seven-month turnaround after Know Your Role, like that's that's ridiculous. Yeah, and that also goes a long way to explain like how outdated that game's roster is. Yeah. Because there's, there's no RVD, there's no Booker T, there's no DDP. Like, I mean, granted, those are like the only really big names for the invasion uh, that aren't already in the game. But just bring it is a very early 2001 WWF game that had it 
released when they were targeting with the modes they were targeting would have been a great game. Unfortunately, the story mode with the branching paths and the big detailed free roam got condensed to a three show minute free roam segment per show. Um, kind of just slog. It's not fun to play, and it's only three matches. Yeah, it definitely felt... You have Raw Smackdown on a pay-per-view. It definitely felt outdated when it came out. It wasn't, you know... Yeah. The the, the representation you wanted at that time of what the, the WWF was. Yeah, I, I still think that Mania 17 arena looks fantastic, though. Oh, yeah. Not as good as the one in, in Mania X8. I do like the game's roster, however, because it does have Jerry Lynn. And that blew my mind when I opened the strategy guide and saw that Jerry fucking Lynn was in that game and Rhino was in that game. Spike Dudley's in that game. Tajiri's in that game. EC Dub for life, obviously. I didn't like having to replay the same story mode over and over again to unlock like match types, though. No. Because there's the one where you go for like the WWF title where it's like last man standing, ultimate submission, and what the fuck the third one is, I don't even remember. And you, you have to play through it three times to to unlock all three matches so i ended up very quickly investing in a um a game shark for the ps2 because i wasn't interested in fucking around with that that uh career mode also weirdly just bring it has eight characters on screen and it's the only game to have that in that particular series being smackdown to what we have now with 2k I think that's the last game with that for like what sixteen years? Because I think two K eighteen is when the eight man matches come back. Yeah, but it, it wasn't a huge leap forward. In some ways, it's a pretty sizable step back uh, for the SmackDown series. But fortunately, they took a gigantic leap forward with the next game, and then the one after that's an even bigger leap forward. And then thq deciding they knew better decided to shoot themselves in the feet but that's that's for the wwe uh the wwe games rundown i guess with just bring it at the end of the day they just kept on rolling because they had fred durst which may have been more important than anyone they had during the invasion storyline anyway well he also appears in another game that's on this list uh we got to talk about road to wrestlemania yes real quick uh, Game Boy Advance game comes out towards the end of 01. They really try to evoke No Mercy with a lot of things with this game. The entrance style, like the Titantron video, then the person posing on the stage, straight out of No Mercy. A lot of the on-screen graphics are literally just like fight, draw game, you win, you lose, like that stuff straight up from No Mercy. It's not a bad-looking game either. No, graphically, it's it's very. It doesn't look as good as like the pre-rendered models of like Road to Mania 18 or even Survivor Series. Yeah. But the sprite works very, very nice. It keeps the momentum system I just mentioned earlier from a uh, Mania 2000. It's got a gigantic roster. Uh, you can pull weapons from under the ring. There's unique rings for different events like Royal Rumble and WrestleMania 17, uh, Raw, SmackDown, SummerSlam. I think there's one for Survivor Series. The as theme well. songs are actually pretty well done too. Yeah, you get the the 16-bit theme songs are back. You get uh you get a MIDI version of Glass Shatters for uh, Stone Cold. Um that's probably my favorite theme in the whole game. Also, Vince McMahon has like Trish Stratus's theme, not the Lil Kim one from O2, but like the 
the theme she was using in like oh one. Yeah, her be- her uh, post TNA themes song. Yeah, the finisher animations in that game also look really nice. Uh, in terms of match types, they don't add a ladder match or anything. It's the standard singles, tag, Royal Rumble, triple threat, four-way. I think handicap matches in the game, cage matches in the game. It's it's a WWF game from 01. It's it's not as good as Fire Pro for the Game Boy Advance, but no. nothing on the Game Boy Advance was going to match Fire Pro. Nothing we got on the PlayStation 2 in 2001 matched Fire Pro either. It's funny how that works out. But I think Road to Mania was a very good continuation of the Mania 2000 gameplay. But having said that, the sequel, Road to Mania X8, blows it away gameplay-wise because they they add in a proper like finisher momentum meter. Um, the you have the pre-rendered 3D models. The animations are nicer. You still get the MIDI theme songs. That that's a story for another time, though. Um, I think that brings us to the the conclusion, final game on, on our little 15-year trek through uh, the history of the WWF in video game form. Yes, indeed. The last game is WWF Raw for the Xbox. Uh, we we actually debated a little bit. Uh, for about five seconds, I mean, earlier if this or WrestleMania X8 should have been the final game, because uh, not Road to Mania, uh, just Mania X8 for the GameCube, because that game has the WWF logo all over it, but it's the WWE logo on the box. Yeah. So technically, Raw is the last game with the WWF logo on the packaging. I uh, I did not get an Xbox until like the spring of 2003. So I played this game like a year and a half after it came, not even a year and a half, a year after it came out. Cause it, I don't know why the hell I just thought that was an Xbox launch title. It was supposed to be, but it was not. It was all over the place um, though, right? Cause the rock was promoting it with um, Bill Gates. Yeah. And there's a picture of Kane from like 99 on the cover. I've always thought that was weird. Yeah. Cause he didn't look like that anymore. The, um, I remember just being, it was all over the magazines and stuff. Like it it was promoted everywhere. It was, yeah. And the, the pictures of like the up close of Kane's mask and how detailed it was. And and like, look at the rock. Yeah. Like how detailed all the character models were. And they were like models look great. Unfortunately, everybody during their entrances walked like the Terminator with a fucking lawn chair shoved up his ass. (laughs) Like the Kensuke Sasaki walk for anybody who's ever watched Kensuke Sasaki. <laughs> um, just they just walk around like they've got a big ass doo doo in their tights. That's kind of like the Russell Kingdom walk as well, actually. For, from those well, games. it's also oh. fitting that Kensuke Sasaki's in that game. Yes, exactly. They got him down uh, perfectly. Um, I played Raw when it came out, and I don't. I'm. I think I must have rented the console. This probably was the last times I rented a console because I didn't have an Xbox when it first came out. Uh, I don't know. Like, I think presentation-wise, like it's it's a neat-looking game. It's just gameplay-wise, it's it's just not there. So I've always thought it was interesting that they were clearly they were clearly told on some level to mimic aspects of the Aki games because, yeah. like, the three rivals in Create a Wrestler mode, the parameters in Create a Wrestler mode, and Raw Two even gets into like the special and danger like the spirit meter type stuff but the gameplay was atrocious like if you wanted to play through the title paths to unlock people 
good fucking luck. The game was brutally difficult. And honestly, playing one-on-one, game was not that fun to play. No. The rings are absolutely massive and, in those games, too. Yeah. Yeah, that was I was going to bring that up. Like, one of the biggest rings in a wrestling game. KOC 2 probably takes the cake, though. Because that ring is ridiculously big. It is quite big. Compared to the character models. Um, but, yeah, Raw had a really huge ring. Raw was the first game to have the interrupting somebody's entrance thing. That was a neat idea. And, and it also had the thing where, like, if you broke the crates and picked up, like, the Dudley Boy's glasses and put them on you your character, because yeah. that was a thing you could do, you would unlock that stuff for Create a Wrestler, which I always thought was, like, neat. Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't have to be in the game, but it is. It's a fun way of, of going about simple unlockables, right? Yeah. I Speaking of unlockables, if you beat every title path, you unlock Fred Durst. Hell Good yeah. Luck. Um, I've never actually seen his entrance in Raw for the Xbox. I've seen it in Just Bring It a million times. Um, but never never on Raw on the Xbox, I which I don't either. take to mean that... Yeah, I don't take it to mean that nobody's ever unlocked him. I just, I've never felt compelled to see what his entrance looked like in that game. Also, it should probably be noted there's only one arena in that game, and it is the Raw arena. Looks great. <laughs> I just wish they had more. You know I'm looking up Fred Durst's entrance now, right? Well, send it to me if you find it, because I'm curious. Well, um, I, I just clicked on this, Fred Durst, WWF Raw 2002, and it's just a picture of Fred Durst, wearing an Anka t-shirt. So, nice. I don't even know what's playing right now, so I'm going to get out of that. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I actually had the PC version, and my shitty little computer couldn't run it, but you know what I've always thought was interesting? The back of the PC version that I had still had the WWF logo all over it and the screenshots. People... WWE logo on the front of the like artwork, but you flip it over and there's like angle belly to belly suplexing somebody or some shit. And there's the WWF logo clearly on those gigantic turnbuckles. People like modded the hell out of that as well. Yeah, I remember I had a friend in like the early 2000s that I met on like a Mortal Kombat board who was like, check this out. I'm, I'm putting Kona Crush in WWF Raw. And he actually had me go through and record all of Finkel's introductions from Rage in the Cage for people to put in the game. Like as sound mods. Yeah. And that shit took me way longer than you would imagine. Would you believe that Fred Durst's entrance in Raw just seems to be The Undertaker's entrance? Yeah, that checks out. Yeah, he's coming out on a bike. That's a shame, though. Cause he has the car and in... uh, just bring it, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, it's, it's a great entrance. It's it's him, like, dancing all over the place. I was going to say, I remember it being, like, like, pretty accurate to the shit that he does in the music video. There's the, the funny-ass walk as he gets to the ring. Even the way yeah, they the enter Kinsuke the Saki walk. Even the way they enter the ring looks weird. Like, I don't know. But the arena, One of these days I need to sit down and play those games again. The arena, as you said, the arena does look very good. Yeah, that was another thing in like Raw 2. The arenas looked fucking fantastic as well. And then the bell rang. And, that, and, yeah, uh, and it yeah. wasn't fun at all. That's the worst part. Yeah, when you get that's... a game that looks good and then you play it and it's not fun. Yeah, that was me after like a week with 2K22. Like, God, this game looks amazing. 
I don't want to play matches in it though. Well, if you try to play, I don't want to watch matches in that game either. It'll probably. Oh, I've just... heard. Yeah, we we've talked about this. It'll it's crash terrible on you nonstop. Now, so, yeah. Hopefully they fix that with two K twenty three. It would be nice, but I'm you know what I'm not betting on it. So that's it. We've covered every game with World Wrestling Federation in the title. So now we have to go through WWE, but we're not going to do it next week. Because as we said uh, earlier in the show, we're going to have a special guest next week. Dave Wisniewski from Pro yeah. Wrestling X. Yeah, and then honestly, by the time that's done and we get two weeks from now, I don't know that I'm going to want to talk about the WWE games. Yeah, I mean, we, we can always go... loop back to it at some other point. Absolutely, there's other stuff to cover. To cover, excuse me. Um, you know what we should do? We should advertise our Twitter accounts. I, I don't want people following me. Oh, you don't want people? I'll do it. Mine is Bungle No More. And if you think that's a weird okay, username, I, it is. It's two bonds. I, uh, it, it's not that I don't want people to follow me. I, I, I know I have follower requests. I'm just horrified by what might be in there. Um, Interesting. I, I get a lot of spam. I, I get a lot of spam like accounts in my follower requests because of accounts that I follow. Yeah. And you can read into that however you want. Ooh. Um uh but yeah, it's uh ProRes Hero, P R O W R E S H E R O. Don't follow him, leave go. him alone. Pick somebody yeah. else, pick Nash. Yeah, pick pick Hogan or someone. Don't pick me. Um so yeah, I think I, I love the Kevin Nash rant. That's what we need. We need to do like a three hour long form podcast on Nitro and Thunder. Oh god. I don't. I don't want to play those games ever again. I I have both of those games. I do as well, but I liked the the uh, the what was the the god damn it swing arena where you and your opponent would dance, and do swing moves. Do you remember? Oh, that? the YMCA. No, no, there was another one, and you you and your your opponent would dance. This might have been in Thunder. I remember the um, I remember in Nitro the fucking YMCA taunt you could make people do. No, because I would different. throw motherfuckers out of the ring and I would just do the YMCA taunt until they got counted out. That's how I unlocked everybody in that game. Let me see. That I unlocked. WCW Thunder Swing Dance. Well, this isn't going to bring anything up, but I swear to God, you could <laughs> dance with your opponent in these games. That's so weird. What yeah, a, I mean, Inland Productions, man. I, I don't know whatever happened to those people. I hope they found success in the gaming industry doing things that weren't wrestling games. I hope they finished that song that didn't have any words. Yeah. We may never know. Because who knows what happened know. to them. But we'll, we'll, we'll loop back around. Honestly, probably loop back around to Japanese wrestling games more than more likely than not. At I mean, some point, we could cover WCW games at some point as well and go through these Nitro and, and Thunder games. Yeah, we could also just do a podcast where it's me playing Nitro and Thunder, and you get to hear my live uh, thoughts on wow. how those games make me feel. Well, I mean, you're also going to hear is like Power Bomb, Pile Driver. No, I'll, I'll make sure the audio is down. That way, all you get is me screaming at my TV. Those and my games, decisions that I make I think when I, I make them. I think I actually bought Nitro on Greatest Hits. That's how much of a dumb kid I was. 
even though I knew I didn't like. The I game. I think I have the non greatest hits version of Nitro because um we rented that game and I I thought like all the weird wacky unlockable characters were cool, so I was like, Mom, this game has a ghost in it and he does the buzz killer. Can I get this game? And my mom was probably just like, my my son's a little weirdo. I should probably just placate him by buying this. They were this cool game. And also, I I want to say that, yeah, they had like the wasn't there like a big ant? There was a gorilla yeah. spelled gorilla like gorilla warfare. They I don't had, know what they were mean on. Gene Okerlund. I don't know what they were on on inland, but I was down for that. I mean, they had to be like the last surviving Quaalude users of the '90s, right? Oh yeah. That's the only shit that makes any sense to me. You got to be off a of lewd to come up with some of that shit. But yeah, we'll we'll figure it. I mean, WCW is a much much shorter podcast in theory than this because it's only what one game on the NES, a Game Boy game, a Super Nintendo game, uh, five PlayStation games. Yeah, and that's it. Uh, three, four, and sixty-four games. Yeah. Well, yeah. oh, no, two and sixty. No, three and sixty-four games because Nitro is technically a unique game, despite being a reskin of Thunder, and then one PC game, and then one game that we're going to cry about not getting released until the end of time. Oh, Mayhem too. Mod could have been Mod AEW people. Just give us it. You know what? Actually, sitting here thinking about it, that unreleased games thing we did, I did that whole fifteen-minute fucking history of. WCW 2000 for PSM versus Mayhem 2 and what the truth actually was, and nobody got to hear it. Yeah. I mean, we could go down the uh, Yeah, yeah, but that's a story for another day. Indeed. And having said that, uh, this, is the, this is the part where I thank you for listening. Uh, this is episode four, but episode two, really, of Critical History of Pro Wrestling Games. I'm Mongo. He's Liger Boost, and until next time, uh, please play WrestleMania 2000 on the Game Boy Color.